<laughs> Welcome to Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. And I didn't mess it up this time. I was shocked. <laughs> Forget you. I was waiting. <laughs> I'm your host who's always right. <laughs> the Cap, a.k.a. The Capitan. Here with Mike the Finance Guy. He's not always right. <laughs> a.k.a. Mike the Hater. And Ralph the Tech. A.k.a. Mr. Always Right. Well, no. Wow, you caught me. I was like, what? No. <laughs> and filling in our fourth chair today is our returning guest, Troy. AKA, I need a nickname. <laughs> it's funny because Kev was like, I don't got a nickname. I'm like, you're just Kev. That's okay. <laughs> he has a deep, deep voice. Well, <laughs> well if we're going to name him after you, it'd be uh, Kev the Ben Grimm impersonator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he loves it. He appreciates it. He goes, I don't sound like that. But, you know, then he'll, he'll do me. Nobody sounds like that. <laughs> But he really does sound like he does. <laughs> Maybe not so gravelly, but yo, what's going on? What's the deal? If I take the gravel out, it sounds like him. I want you to do a podcast where you speak like Peg, like Kev the entire podcast. I couldn't do that. That would drive me crazy. <laughs> I actually like it. <laughs> I think it's funny as hell. Well, 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 I mean, the thing I like about making, making fun of Kev is that, not making fun of him, but impersonating him, is that, you know, just the fact that I can, you know, say outlandish shit. And, ha- and a lot of it's true because Kevin's very outlandish. Yeah, I guess it's time. What do you mean Jack Bauer isn't as good as James Bond? Are you fucking crazy? Well, he isn't. <laughs> no, no, Jack Bauer all day. Are you crazy? Oh, come on. Uh, are you telling me Kev has never seen a James Bond? No, no, movie? I didn't say Kev didn't see James Bond, but he puts Jack Bauer on such a high pedestal. Then he must it's not Jack have Bauer seen... and then Did Batman. Did he see Skyfall? Well, I guess he just <laughs> sees that Jack Bauer does everything in 24 hours and James Bond takes like two weeks to do it. Yeah, but then why doesn't Jack Bauer ever turn his damn phone off during missions? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's a vibrator. It goes, brruh, 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 and, he, and people have heard it. And I'm like, yeah. why don't you just put the damn thing on vibrate? He got to keep up with his peeps, man. That's it, why it's on vibrate. It, I mean, just, <laughs> it's funny that you say that. It reminds me of The Amazing Spider-Man when um, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, which I don't like, is is creeping into the into the, the tunnels looking for the lizard, and his phone goes off. Right. I'm like, why do you not have that on yeah, silent? Well, but at least you can excuse that. First time out really being Spider-Man. You know, da, da, da. This is Jack Bauer. <laughs> True. You know, I'm like, True. why? Is He's had several not, days right, of adventures, but, but 24, always, several 24 day, hours <laughs> periods where he should know better at this point. You know, even well, though I love the show, I mean, 24, I did love it. Yeah, that would always crack me up. You said it. He's Jack Bauer. He don't need to turn his phone off. If anybody hears it, it's because he meant it for them to hear. <laughs> Who do you think he is, Chuck Norris? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another website besides Chuck Norris. It's some something else. Oh, um, I, I don't want to talk about that because that's another podcast um, with Liam Neeson. Oh. Yeah, oh. when people have these myths about how great somebody is. Oh, yeah. The Chuck yeah. Norris ones are always really funny. Yeah, Chuck Norris is funny. I, I love the Chuck he's Norris not, He's not doing a push-up. He's pushing the world down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of them. I'm like, all right. They should come up with one for Mr. T, by the way. Yeah. Wow, uh, silence. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, is he even referenced? Is he, like, you know, that referential anymore? You know, he's, he's, he's got a one-liner. Mr. T's kind of a one-liner joke now. Wow. I mean, I still love the guy, but I mean, come on. You, are you, if he was suddenly on a TV show, besides the first show, how long do you think you'd be watching it? Yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> I take it back, though. Take it back to Rocky Three. Before he became the joke, 
Oh, he yeah. was awesome. Oh, yeah. He was, there was just nothing like him. I mean, yeah, he, was he was just, just so really over the top. Club and, but it was the 80s. I mean, it's an 80s thing. Like, there was so much over the top, like, you know, Grace Jones in the 80s. I mean, there was just no one like these people. But the best thing Cindy about Lauper. But the best thing about, uh, about Mr. T was, and I can't believe on, on this podcast we're talking about Mr. T. Um, the best thing about Mr. T was, and he's admitted that he was tough without cursing and without having yeah. to really be violent. Where other people, like, Grace Jones was nude and that kind of made her badass and edgy. Right. And other people did all these badass, edgy things. He was edgy without even having to do that he right. you know in the a team he wasn't you know like he beat guys up but he didn't like knife them or or cut them or right. shot them you know remember, he didn't no one, curse no one ever got killed in the a he was scared to fly in a plane but, but come on no, no 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 wait was he in yeah. the original in yeah. the yeah. Yeah. always they always had yeah. to drug him god they would drug it he would, they would drug <laughs> i ain't getting milk. on no plane <laughs> they would drug his milk because he was a he was a good milk drinker wow like yeah that, that i remember the good the milk drinker but i forgot that they didn't you love his mr t uh mr t and the what Mr. T and the... Oh, you're talking about the cartoon? Oh, the cartoon? It, was just called, it was just called Mr. T. It was just called Mr. T. I thought it was Mr. T and the... No. No, no. no it, was just, sure? it was just called Mr. T, but he had like a a, a team of like 10 teenagers. Well, they were With, all gymnasts. Yeah. But I thought I thought eventually it had a name like Mr. No, T. No. Nah. It only ran one season. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> did you ha- Did you like save it on... on, on I was like, I was right next DVD. to your Captain Planet and the Planet <laughs> You know, that's wow. I didn't like, but I did remember that was not too long around. It was somewhere around the time of... um. Does anyone remember the Thing cartoon where the kid turned into the Thing? Yes. Oh, thing I saw ring. that. Yes. You're a Thing. And he used to clink his... Hey. That was the most ridiculous shit hey. I'd ever see. It's one of I the... love that cartoon. <laughs> oh, you love everything. Well, well, you said you like Plastic <laughs> Man, so I can understand your, your mindset behind that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a superhero show I used to like. And I, I don't want to say too much about it because it reminds me of when I, one of our segments. Remember, was it The Incredibles? Or the, not The Incredibles. The, there was a... a it was a Cannibal Barbera cartoon, and it was three people that three kids that were a band. The Impossible. The Impossible. You're yes. talking about way back in the day. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome too. I, I would watch it on Multiple Man. Multi Man. Yeah. Multi Man. Yeah. Um, it was Goo. Something with a Goo, and then Spring Man. Something like that. Coil Man. Coil Man. Coil Man. I used to, and then the other one turned into water. I used to love it. Man. Used to love that show, even though it was like the goofiest superhero oh, show. Great. I used to love it. And I like the fact that their band name was the Incredibles, and then they turned into. The, the impossible. impossible. I'm sorry. The name was Impossible. That's yeah. right. The band name was Impossible, and they turned into the Impossibles. You're like, well, that, that's a secret identity, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that nobody seems to be getting. What is wow. Lois Lane, their manager? <laughs> I don't understand why you people disappear whenever there's trouble. <laughs> and then the Impossible show up. <laughs> oh, it's Fluid Man, Coil Man, and Multi Man. There you go. Fluid Man. Fluid See, Man. Once, again, go, an F. once again, it goes to show that cartoons back then were better than some cartoons now, in content-wise, only in regards to name. Because if you were to name somebody Fluid Man in a cartoon now, I feel like they, they, they dumbed down a lot of things for the kids. They right. watered down a lot of things where the dialogue in some of the shows, even though it's hokey... They still had like some some kind well, of those shows back then weren't just made for kids. I mean, they were right. made. I mean, obviously they weren't made for adults to particularly be watching. But they figured, you know, if you have to watch it with your kid, at least here's a little entertainment for you. Because you can still watch that and, and find the the joy and like their 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 double entendres and stuff like that. It's just great, you know. Yeah. And you still have to watch uh, the Super um, Globe Trotters. You have to see the that Super point. Globe Trotters. Yeah. You don't remember that? Don't. That was great. I'm telling <laughs> I've you. I've never seen that. It is. You should look that one up there to see a picture of them yourself. But um, they were—it's just—it's ridiculous. It's fun. I mean, then they always had um, at some point, no matter what the villain was doing, doesn't matter if they were trying to take over the world. They were always t- trying to take over the world. Um, somehow, it ended up that the villains' minions would have to fight the Globetrotters in a basketball game, and in the first half, the Globetrotters would always be losing, 
and then they'd come around and beat them at the end in the second half <laughs> consistently. So, so the fate of the world relies on a basketball game. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Oh, it always does. Does, does it, it always? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even like LeBron it. LeBron is so rever- revered. <laughs> I, I didn't like it during Scooby-Doo, honestly. Oh, really? Well, then there they weren't super, though. They were just... Well, they were just the Globetrotters, yeah. yeah. But I love the, I love the, super, um, the Scooby-Doo uh, movies. I mean, they met I Dream of Genie. Batman and Robin, of course, everyone remembers oh, that. Yeah, the um, the Adams family. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were, those are all good. Then they met like, like oh, what was the woman name uh, that did the the wheat Phyllis Diller? The Trisk- but they met Phyllis Diller. They met um, Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Uh, oh, Sandy Duncan. Half of the our listeners are like, who the fuck? Are I know. These people? <laughs> who are these people? <laughs> and Ralph's even like, I can't type fast enough. You're giving so many useless references right now. <laughs> Well, remember the Before cartoon that was for I Dream of Genie? Remember it was Dream Genie with Babu? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yapple Dabble. Yapple Dabble. Oh, my God. I just can't believe I just said that out loud. Careful. <laughs> you guys are dating yourselves. <laughs> hey, hey. Scooby-Doo was, was quality television. It's not the Scooby-Doo that, that's going on now. No, yeah. Not that much fun. But, yeah. yeah. Um, what I was going to say was, before we get to um, the meat of the show, just wanted to hear about whatever quick news is going on this week. So, uh, Mike, Ralph, Troy, anything you've heard um, over the past week that's been interesting in geek news? Um, I had a couple of things I thought was interesting. Um, actually, one of them, I guess, is about a week old now, is that uh, Marvel has decided to introduce uh, another Muslim character, and it's a Muslim heroine. And her name will now be Ms. Marvel, which I don't understand why that name keeps popping up. But it's a woman, it's a, a teenage girl. She's named uh, Kamala Khan. And she's going to be uh, originally from Jersey City, New Jersey. And she has like uh, the power, she's like a polymorph. So she can ship, shapeshift, but I don't think it's like mystique kind of a shapeshift. But definitely she can elongate limbs and like make you know certain parts of her body bigger at times and other stuff like that um but it's not just that they're introducing her as a character she's going to actually get her own title so she right. will be the first um muslim character that marvel's ever had lead their own title wow yeah, okay so that's, that's big news and then the other thing i just wanted to mention is that uh um, marvel has um started something that will be interesting to see if dc picks up one and they, they're now doing original graphic novels again like they, they did them i think the last time they did any were in like 1988 that was like a, uh, what was it, the Inhumans novel. Right. Um, the first one, just to give you an idea, was like the death of Captain Marvel. But these, um, they, they uh, came out with one on, in October 1st. It was Avengers Endless Wartime. It's by Warren Ellis and Mike McCone. And it's something about Captain America and Thor lead the Avengers to meet one of Thor's like ancient enemies or something like that. And then they're going to have another one uh, on April 2nd called Spider-Man Family Business. And that kind of sounds cool. It's by uh, Mark Wade and James Robinson. And it's about um, the pre-Doc Ock Peter Parker um, that's being targeted by the Kingpin. Not Spider-Man, Peter Parker is. Targeted by the Kingpin. Yeah, for whatever reason. Again, obviously, I don't know what the reason is. Um, and that Peter receives help from a woman that claims to be his long-lost sister, Teresa. So that'll be interesting. But these are all, like, not, like, you know, books from the comics. These are not trade paperback. They're actually going to be original graphic novels. Wow. So it'll be interesting to see if DC will, you know, pick up the boot on that as well. Wow, okay. I mean, because, I mean, I know there's been a surge in graphic novels and trade paperbacks because people, you know, people are like, I don't want to wait. I want to, I'd rather wait for a long time and then get the story all right. at once. So I know that the, the graphic novel graphic novel and paperback, trade paperback industry has grown. So. Right. Good move on Marvel to jump on that. On that. Well, it'd be nice to get an original story that's you know I mean like the the one uh, the Avengers one I think it's like 110 pages. I mean it's, it's so that's a nice decent story you're getting you know. Right. And I heard um I saw it online the uh, comic book um, resources gave it a four out of five. So you know hoping that they have good taste and you know enjoyed it. They sound like they pretty much enjoyed it. So that's pretty good. All right. 
Sounds, sounds good. Um, um, Troy, anything um, that you picked up? Well, one thing. DC has confirmed that five years, they're, they're going to have an, an, another event called Five Years Later. Nice. Which is very ominous. Uh, because the one year later I, went Here's so the well. part I didn't mention. We, I told you guys about this before the podcast. What I didn't tell you guys, and I'll tell everyone, is not only is this going to be a, a DC event, but it's going to be a weekly Oh. oh God! Yeah. yeah. Oh no! <laughs> and, 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 I and, I and I guarantee you that they have not written any of it yet. It's not like they have it all written and ready for press. They're going to be like writing it the day before press. You know, like this yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I feel like I just washed off the stench of fifty-two. Yeah. You know, I've been able to put that in the back of my head and forget about how that weekly really just sucked. It, in. Oh my goodness! What, I'm trying to think. When was the last time DC did a weekly? Um, 50, well, was the, it 50? 50, 50, well, well, no, countdown, countdown, countdown. Countdown, that's what it was. Countdown. And countdown. that was horrible. I, I couldn't even make it through Countdown. I, 52 I enjoyed. I mean, there were parts that didn't work. But all in all, I enjoyed 52. Right. Um, up until the very last issue, which just sucked ass. Um, <laughs> but Countdown, I mean, once you're telling me that one of your main characters is Jimmy Olsen, you know, I mean, I, I'm a, we're, we're, we're out of it right there. <laughs> it, you know, I remember just, I, I felt like that, that they just really try to beat a dead horse when they were doing that whole countdown thing, because it was, it was, um, was it, I'm trying to remember what was before countdown. Well, fifty two. Fifty two, and, and then, then this was a countdown to the infinite crisis. That, yeah, there was one more before before fifty two. Wasn't there another one? No, it was, uh, it was yeah, countdown. It was yeah. countdown. Yeah. Yeah. But either, either way, fifty two was in, was enjoyable. You know, once once it started getting ahead of steam, yeah. and then you reached the climax, and you got the ending. Oh, okay, cool. The payoff. You know, this character's changed. This character's dead. This has been changed. Okay, yeah. and then you're gonna come up with another fifty-two. Yeah. Well, I mean, the nice part. I mean, like fifty-two. You think about it. It had a lot of decent things. They really, um, they really got into Black Adam's, you know, character personality, which was, you know, he was never a character you cared about, but they they actually made you want to read about him. You know, and by the time they came to World War Three, it was excellent. Um, but you got a new question, Renee Montoya. You know, that was actually interesting. I liked her. Right. Um, and killed the old question. But then you got Batwoman was introduced. So, you know, you actually had a lot of different things going on in that issue. But I couldn't tell you anything that came out of Countdown besides it leading to Infinite Crisis. Was it? Well, wasn't that the series where there were the monitors were there and, yeah. and there were air, 50 million different versions of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman Something all fighting like in. In yeah. this arena, I think that led into arena. Oh wow! That they had, and they all fought each other. It was okay. it was just a mess. Wow. It was just a what, complete mess. I, I know mess. it ended, or at some point, like didn't like Adam and, and and Jimmy and some other characters didn't they go off to be like some kind of guardians, in some kind of way? Like they 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 were supposed to be monitoring like events. I didn't understand any of it. You know? I, you know, I don't remember now. Yeah. I really I, all, all I think about is um, wasn't Trinity also a weekly or was that a monthly? The Trinity when they tried oh, to do the that whole... that Trinity, that was that I Trinity. think that was weekly. Yeah, because every time I think weekly, I think really shitty writing. Yeah, and I think was. Countdown, and that was the other one. Trinity. Trinity was when they were going to focus on Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. I think they had left being superheroes for, for for like about a year, and they were like they they had all retired and went to go oh, do no, their no, own no, thing. No. This was this wasn't this this was now Trinity, where the three of them somehow involved like somebody wanted to get their power or something like right. that. Okay, and they they thought that they all represented this Trinity that would it was like Morgan Le Fay I think was involved or something like that trying to get power. I I, I think I made like three issues into it, then I stopped. I, I could, wait, you no stopped sense. the series? Oh, I stopped series a lot. You just don't you, know. No, you always talk about no, no. <laughs> you just don't he, know. He, here are my conversations with Mike. 
Yo, Mike, so so you're picking up book X. Yeah, I'm picking up book X. I'm into issue three. It's horrible. But I'm going to wait for the story arc to end. So wait a minute. So you know it sucks, but you're going to wait to the, to, the, to the whole thing ends? Well, well, yeah. How many issues does it have left? Well, I think it's 13 or 14 more. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that's that bad has been Avengers, because um, that just sucks that they read. God bless that you could read that. I can't. 22 issues into it. I'm certainly not going to wait now and skip 23. I stopped at about three. I was just like, I'm done. But, but, which, but, which book is this? Any Avengers book. The Avengers now, the yeah, proper I, Avengers. I New Avengers, Avengers, um, Avengers. Arena, um, I won't even pick. I, I never picked I up Arena. Can't, I can't Mighty pick up Avengers. Avengers. I won't do it. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I'm sorry, Mr. How many of the X-Men did you read with the all-female force? <laughs> hey. I read one. You, but, but you, I, you're reading the all-female I, I like, I like, the, I like the art. I was, I was, <laughs> Mike, don't even, don't even. Because you know what's like funny? The art. I stopped. You're still picking up shit. You picked up all 52 issues of crap. Uh, with, the, with, the, with the reflective um, covers? Hey, I know something now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know that, that, that you have an addiction problem and you need help. <laughs> There's a lot of disposable income at this table. <laughs> there was on that. That was very disposable. It was disposable like a bunch of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> you could save a child in another country with the money that you guys spend on bullshit books. I'm actually going to take all those books and drop them on a child in another country. <laughs> <laughs> Which translates it? to what is this crap? Oh, <laughs> and we apologize you to all. Really of use your powers for good. <laughs> we now apologize to all the starving countries around the world. There's got to be at least one apology when we do this show. <laughs> at least one. We apologize to all the starving countries that Sally Struthers advertised in and was still fat as a lard and didn't, <laughs> didn't give them any food. Sally Struthers, whatever happened to her? I don't know. She's eating children. In other about countries. Wow, she's eating, eating children. children. <laughs> eating children in other countries. moving right along one thing i'll say is that it doesn't i just realized today is episode 13 yeah lucky number 13 ralph you know you know the cap is scared it's 13 it's an unlucky number i know yeah horror and superstition are two different things all right guys are shaking right now (laughs) but but that could just be from walking oh come on don't don't tell me you guys aren't superstitious about certain things i'm not oh i know you're not i'm not not at all no every black cat that crosses my way i just kick it out of the way I step on cracks, <laughs> walk on their ladders. I throw salt on the floor like it's nothing. I, I didn't step on a crack, and I went out of my way and broke my mother's back. <laughs> <laughs> that taught her. I, I'll say this. Growing up, I, I was not really superstitious. I played baseball, and I started getting that superstition because you, you, you watch a game or you play a game, and some, you do something, and you magically think that the outcome of the game is connected to you. Yeah. Because you're that important. Right. Well, we call that insanity. <laughs> oh, narcissism. Nar- yeah, so. <laughs> well, it's insanity. Narcissistic personality disorder. So, it, so, AKA so captain disease. So basically... Every- really? You, Mr. <laughs> oh, everything's important. The, the world revolves around me. You guys waited for me. <laughs> Quote, unquote, people will wait for me. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what you said. Ralph Raid. All right, all right. I said, here's a direct quote. If you are important, people will wait. Nowhere in that sentence is the word me. As you walked in late. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and without any implication, I stated uh, clearly, I didn't wait. (laughs) Okay. But But, 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 um, all all jokes is that you can say? No, no. I was about to say, you know, so going back to the baseball analogy, I'm like, so basically that's the excuse that the baseball players have for grabbing the crotch? (laughs) Oh, I had a lucky throw. Let me just tug on it a little bit. Hey, all I'm saying is you ever play baseball and if you wear, if you wear like the the, the hard jocks, the the way you wear the cups back in the day, they're not comfortable. They just no, sit no. on it like that. It's just like right on, right on the pelvic bone. You're like, God, God, it's just right. such a fucking horrible thing. But I know p- baseball players believe in like weird things that well, all sports people. It's not just baseball. All yeah. sports people. And, Most... and, and also, oddly enough, you know who's also a very superstitious bunch? Financial people. 
The financial I mean, I industry. That. I forget what it is. They well, they I forget which team it is, but it's you know the uh, the the football rivalry between uh, the army and navy. Like I forget which one, but it's one of them that they say like if whichever one wins, then the stock market is going to go down. Like I mean, they actually have these beliefs. <laughs> like there, you will not see anybody write um, tickets in the financial world with a red pen because writing in red is the significance of losing money. Oh, right, yeah, being in just, the red. Um, yeah, they will not. I actually bought red pens once for the office and. I, I, and you had to take them home? <laughs> literally, literally, people flipped out. I don't mean they just were like, oh, I don't want them. People were yelling. People threw them away. They threw them at you? <laughs> no, no, no. They, they knew better than that. Because <laughs> Mike's a tall black guy. That's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In a room full of white people. Throw it off. Never mind, Mike. Oh, here, your pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they knew better than that. But, um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of superstition. But the 13 thing doesn't get me. Like, you know, the, the good old, what is it? It's uh, The phobia is what? Tri-sky decaphobia. The fear of the number Tri sky decaphobia. Yeah, it's um, it's I think it's all Greek. So tri would be three, deca would be ten, and then mm-hmm. phobia. So it's it's like three and ten phobia. Oh, wow. interesting. I mean, I just I know lots that, of stuff. But <laughs> yeah, lots of useless information. It is useless, <laughs> but, but it's valuable to us here at uh, Meanwhile Twenty Two. But it, it's kind of interesting that it's our thirteenth episode, and um, it's just funny how even in in um comic books they bring up a lot of things regarding luck and you would think with superheroes you know things are like pre they always talk about predestined and this person was destined to to be great but then they have characters that they have powers based on luck and mike and i we were kind of talking about that the other day at the, at the job and it was like it's it's funny how how so many characters exist with luck powers yeah i mean um because it's not like one of the most interesting i mean like it's a cool thing, I think, you know, for you and I, you know, for all of us to think about, like, you know, if I could change the luck. But the only thing that we would want to be lucky for would be not able to happen for the superhero character. Because <laughs> it's always like, it's got to be for a pure heart reason, and it can't be for my own benefit. It's like, no, I just want to win the lottery, get those dice rolling my way a few times, you know. I, I always felt like it was a lame power. I always felt like if anybody had a probabil- a power based in probability, or their power was to alter... Um, Alter, you know the 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 outcomes. I felt like that was kind of lame, so I just never liked those kind of yeah. characters. Well, it seems like I mean, you know, but then again, like you have people like uh, like roulette and stuff like that, like where you know, and even the roulette that they use in the Teen Titans, which was the DC as opposed to the roulette I was referring to, which is one of the uh, Hellions on the Marvel universe. But like you know, they'll just cause bad luck. So like you're walking on a wooden floor and suddenly the wood gives way, you know. And I'm just like, well, that doesn't seem to be luck. It just seems like you're controlling like you know a lot of force by that point. But, right. Yeah. You were gonna say something, Ralph? I saw you kind of like, uh. No, no. I was just, well, when you think about luck, it's all—it's pretty much just all probability. Have right. you ever seen? Uh, you, you you watch Fringe, right? Yes. Do you, do you remember the episode where there was the guy who he would use uh, math and and then um, determine the probability of a, an event happening based uh, based by uh, him starting a chain reaction leading to something yeah, going there, on. There's a particular name for that event too, and I cannot think of what it's called. It's named after somebody. Oh. Yeah. But where he would just take a pencil and drop the pencil, and it would cause a, a massive chain reaction, which would lead to the death of somebody. Oh, the, uh, it's kind of like the same idea of um, what did they talk about? The butterfly. You kill a butterfly, and it's, it's, it's kind of like butterfly. it's, it's kind so of same. like that. Um, but it was it, he calculated the whole thing. But yeah. no, but, but he knows consciously if he does something, yeah. well, it'll cause something well, else to go what on. What it is right. though to do that? It's not just that like he knows about the pencil. What he did was is basically he knew that, and I think in that alternate world that pencils didn't exist anymore. 
um, really, so that he knew that, like, if you put it here, this guy that was walking across the street would notice it. He would stop to, um, to bend down and pick it up, which would cause someone else to swerve around him, go into traffic, and that would cause an accident. You know, it's one of those things. Like, Mousetrap is basically that whole idea, like the game Mousetrap, where you build this trap so that one, <laughs> you know, you, you move one thing, and then this whole chain event goes off until you net something, you know? I'm, I'm looking at you like, Mousetrap? What you've never heard of Mousetrap? I played other games, better games. Though. Oh, but you, but, but you know of it. I've never played Mousetrap. <laughs> well, I've walked by it. I walked by it. You know, in Toys R Us, and like, yeah, we're not getting that. Mousetrap <laughs> was one of those games that only works in the commercials. When yeah. you actually set it up in your house and you try to get it to work, it's like shit. Stunt, it doesn't work. You press <laughs> one thing. And it, you press this, and then the faucet in the bathroom turns on. It's like, what the hell? You know, Dominican circuitry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, You're I, revealing our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, um, I've, I, one character that I could say right off the bat when I think probability, I mean, there's two characters that really come to mind. But the one that I'm always annoyed with, and he's not even a human character, is Longshot. I like Longshot. Is it because he looks better than you? Probably. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wore a mullet better than I did, but he was blonde. You know, everything is better in blonde. Rolling eyes. Come on, he only has <laughs> four, rolling eyes. He only has four fingers on each hand. Leave the guy alone. Come on now. <laughs> Wait, he has four, and Nightcrawler has three. Right. Well, actually, both of them, I guess to be technical, he has three fingers and an opposing thumb, and Nightcrawler has two fingers and an opposing thumb. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Before Ralph, the technical guy, technically talks in there, I know. <laughs> well, how many fingers do you have in your hand? You, I have five on a hand. Nope. You have four fingers and one thumb. Ha! I guess you just weren't listening to what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. When you, you said you didn't like Longshot, was your first exposure to Longshot in the X-Men? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like where? Was this during the Reavers' time, the Marauders' time? Where, um, where, did they already die and come back? They had already died. They this, had already died. So this is when Roma brought them all back? Right. So then I'm trying to think of where so they So he was a member of the team at that point. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to think of where, what adventures led them into by that point. I mean, I I was young when, when I read it. I was probably like, I mean, I wasn't even a teen at the time. I, I, mean, I might have been like 12, 11. Wow, if, yeah. They had just invented the, the letter X, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and you were what, 30 by then? <laughs> Fucking ageless wonder over here. I got a question. Go ahead. So it says that Longshot has hollow bones. Yeah. How does that work? Wouldn't it make him more fragile? Because well, well, does it mean does it mean that the bone itself is not hard? Tough. Yeah. It just, it just means makes that him, inside there's something there. So he only weighs eighty pounds. It says. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's just like birds have hollow bones. You know, like all birds. Do. Well, that's what they said. Angel has the the character Angel, Angel from the X Men right. has that's hollow why, bones. Yeah. Yeah, that's why even with his wings that he can you know move so much faster and stuff like that. Now, now with the hollow bones, does it explain why Longshot is so fleet of foot? Or like, you know, that he, helps because he's not heavy. But then, I mean, he was also genetically engineered to be the way he is. So he's more agile, also, and he's stronger too. Yeah, yeah, he's not like super fast or anything like that. But they, they said like, um, like even in his own book when he fought um, Spider Man, he's yeah. actually able to dodge Spider Man's hits a lot, of, a lot of times because he's so agile. Yeah, I, wait, he fought Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, in, in the Longshot in series. The miniseries. Oof. That's, that's why I asked. Series. That's why I asked you if you had read the miniseries first. No, I never read. The you've never read that. It's, it's, it's a pretty good series. I, yeah. I'm gonna look for it in my house, and when I put it together, I, I have the the miniseries. Wow. And if you if you read it, the miniseries, Mike Mike read it also. Mm-hmm. It was a fun book. Yeah. He, he he you didn't never got the sense that he was going to be, uh, like a mainstay of the Marvel universe when you right. read the book, and he was he was sort of off in his own little. Universe, the Mojo verse, you know that that was all created in his miniseries, and you know he was sort of like a, I hate to use the expression, like a devil may care type character. Right. Well, yeah, know? but not so much devil may care. He just 
he just kind of goes through life, really. He really yeah, he's, like, he's he sort of floating seek, through. He doesn't, he doesn't seek adventure. He, and he's not, he doesn't have any real purpose, you yeah. know. He, in fact, I don't even, does he even know who, who he is or where he's from in the very now, beginning? Think, in the very beginning well, of his mini the very beginning of that one, I think, yes, because he had escaped from Mojo World. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I read in, in the biography, he lost his memory numerous times. Yeah, I mean, even Which is now he's, he's getting most of it back again. I yeah. think in the in the miniseries, at first, he didn't know who he was. Yeah, because I don't think he knew. I knew he, he knew he wasn't from here. Right. Because right. he looked, you know, he because of the fingers, if nothing else. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he wasn't, because I don't think he understood why Spiral was after him. But right. then, but he at the same time, exactly what I'm saying. at the same time, that memory of Spiral, though, had already been removed from him. Like, that was another interesting thing, which I had, um forgotten about a lot is that uh the woman that's uh, that he's involved with in the miniseries ricochet rita yeah. she's a she's a stunt woman right and she and Longshot at some point during the story they're captured by spiral and taken to mojo world well spiral really is ricochet rita so it becomes paradoxical so that in other words it had to happen that ricochet rita ends up in mojo world the uh one of the guys that creates all these genetic creatures called uh, arise then um, Mojo has her tortured, like mentally and physically, and then Arise gives her these extra limbs, and then Mojo has this information put into her and the ability for her to like you know work her magic and teleport and stuff like that. So he makes her into Spiral, and then remo- um, removes the affection and love and memories about Spiral and Rita from Longshot. Yeah, that I read. So yeah. like Longshot doesn't understand why Spiral hates him so much. And she hates it because he she sees it as it's his fault that she became what she is. Right. Because she, and she still kind of loves him in a weird way. You know. And, and I know that you like Spiral because I remember when when the new X Force yeah. came out, Mike's like, yeah, so you know, you saw who's who's out for the X Force, right? I'm like, well, there's two different X-Forces, so there's right. this team, this team, and then there's the one with Spiral. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy the one with Spiral. And he said it with such a glee in his eye. And I'm like, yes. why? I, I don't know why I you like Spiral so much. I like why. that miniseries, but I like that miniseries all to its own. Yeah. You know, once once you bring the Mojo, like I was telling you, I hate the Mojoverse. Well, I hate the much. X-Men in the Mojoverse. I don't like Spiral all that much. So, like, once that, you know, that miniseries is the only thing I like about that portion of the Marvel Universe. Well, I wanted to stay Well, the Mojoverse, I always find, it's just way too much. Like, in other words, if you just kind of told me that Mojo himself was a businessman that was, like, running these weird TV shows that he can see into other realities, it's still stupid. Yeah, could you but, explain the Mojoverse for those who don't understand yeah. the Mojoverse? In a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll try my best. It's a world that none of the inhabitants have vertebrae, like the natural inhabitants. And um, eventually, scientists figured out how to work basically what would be considered a backbone and they gave it to some people, um, or actually a lot of the people, and that helped accelerate their technology. Now, oddly enough, the majority of people have these mechanical backbones so that they can get around, but the very few people um, that didn't take them, and they call themselves the spineless ones, uh-huh. they're the ones in charge. I don't understand how that works. And Mojo is in charge of all of them, and he's in charge of this entire planet. And he just, I mean, after that, it just gets vague. It's like he, he somehow, they have technology that they can see into other dimensions, other worlds and whatnot, and he uses these worlds as, quote-unquote, TV entertainment kind of thing. And in that, he gets, like, viewer ratingship profit. It, it makes no sense after that. Like, after that point, it starts to just fall down. That's why I was saying before, so that if Mojo was just a businessman in this world that did this, and that would still be stupid, but it would make sense. But when you realize his entire world functions because of this, it, I don't get it, you know. And in that, he created... Um, well, he created Long Shot, you know, right. he created the ex-babies, and, you know, uh, like I'll I say, just don't get it. And and yeah, I feel the same way. It falls apart yeah. on, on itself as yeah. it goes on. It was like social commentary 
that then just went too far. Like in other words, meaning like it was fine as social commentary, but then somebody, probably accountants because they wanted money, were like, this should catch on. Make books about it. And you're like, no, it, it doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> you know? And it's funny because out of everything Longshot and everything related to Longshot, the only thing that I liked was the ex-babies because of, because of Arthur Adams' um, art. Um, Troy and Mike and I were talking about right before right before we started the show. We were talking about the the long shot the long shot arc, and I said one thing that I liked because they told me Art Adams did the art, and I go anytime that Art Adams drew anything, especially X, anything X, I loved. And when he did the X Babies, it was a really good rendition. Yeah. It was he just he's just a really good artist, but. I mean, I always felt the character was kind of lame. I always right. felt like the character was, you know. But the thing, I mean, you know, we're, we're always different on this. I'm like, I can really love an artist or whatever. It just can't make me like a book, I mean, you know, because I, I, I still I, have to read it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I'm more of a, I, I'm, I need, the, I need the, the writer to bring me in, yeah. not, not I mean, the artist. You know, the, I, mean, I, I, I buy a book more for, for the story that, an, that a writer is, is yeah, trying to tell right. than the yeah. actual art. I mean, there, there are exceptions there. Right. Of course, yeah. 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 But, but I mean, and again, I, I definitely like art that I find pleasing to me, but I can deal with shitty art as long as it has a good story. Easily. I have, so I, hold I, on, so hold on. So, so if, if John Byrne... And we know how bad he... You mean, how, how you mean ba- good John Byrne? No, 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 no. I'm talking oh. about John Byrne now. Right. If John Byrne now drew a drew a, um, a version of the all-new X-Men, for example, because we love the all-new X-Men storyline. Right. But if John Byrne drew it, as horrible as he is now, would you buy it? Yes. I mean, because again, like you said, I'm enjoying the story. I, I have no problem. Now, if you told me... Well, actually, even if he drew it forever, as long as the story's good, Wait a minute. I'm really good. How, how long did you bitch about that time that guest artist came in for, for all new X-Men? You're like, oh my God, holy hell, yeah. what the hell was right. that about? Right, but th- at no point did I say, if he's on there any longer, I'm going to stop reading the show. True, true, I mean, true. Re- reading the issue, because yeah. that won't stop me. It's just, I really just hated his artwork. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. but but getting back to but getting back to the, the whole topic of of luck based i just felt that luck or at least with long shot i just felt like it was just such a a, a a lame kind of a thing and then connecting him i think about um scarlet witch that's the other favorite probability yeah. based character i used to like scarlet witch like back in the day long before the whole um advent, avengers disassembled i'm talking about you know like 70s 80s only because she was ill-defined and i, I always i have a fondness for like the whole supernatural things like that's why i like the doctor strange whatever i just think it's fun um so like her the fact that she was kind of magic and then kind of a mutant and and her power was they were always just called hex powers like she wasn't right, right. A probability ma- manipulator at that point so you didn't know what she really did i feel the same cool. way i feel exactly the same way she was trained by agatha harkness i loved Back agatha in, harkness just I the love, name alone uh, yeah i love the, the name <laughs> that character was an awesome character she that is sort that, of, old, that old woman you knew not to cross her right she, <laughs> she was a badass without you know just just for being just showing was, up just showing up you knew that if she showed up in a book, you know things were going things were was, going south. Like I, I always hated like when she would show because she would usually show up to be a babysitter because she even showed she would babysit for the Fantastic right. Four. But I always was like, I don't care what they're going on. I want to see what Agatha's doing because you know she's probably like doing magic for the kids, floating them around, you know, turning somebody into a toad. You, you just you know, know it's Agatha. <laughs> yeah. I ended up liking I like Scarlet Witch a lot too, yeah. and I feel the same way you do. I liked her a little farther along than the eighties, but probably. I think well, where, I think where it bothered good. me was when they started really like everything that happened to her was bad. Yeah. From a certain Which point on, it was always like, like 
let's let's take her husband and tear him apart and and let him and bring put him back together again and he forgets their marriage and right. then, and let, let's give her kids but they're not really her kids. That was a great story, though. I mean, it's a great granted, story, but it was the beginning hor- of her tragedy. When you really think about it, it's really a horrible yeah, no, story right, to, to yeah. think about that this woman has these kids that she doesn't really have. She conjures them up. Right. And but, she, and, but, but, but you've left out an important thing that takes the tragedy slide away. A woman married to an android, right, not a yeah. cyborg, a total computer that thinks she got pregnant by him. Yeah. Yeah, that, that should have been the first clue. <laughs> she, 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 she probably should have thought about, like, how did that happen? Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> did, did, did he write a semen program? <laughs> you know. And at 3.32 in the afternoon, we got a robot semen joke. <laughs> I, I was, it was funny, I was thinking about that. We've been that. waiting for 13 episodes for this. <laughs> you think that come from me, right? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Honestly, I thought I said, Ralph's going to say something about a, a computer dick joke. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what I mean? She, yeah. she, she, she just sort of fell off from there. And it, yeah, but that was she, the beginning she of her She stopped end, being yeah. this powerful character, and she started being this victim right. over, over and over and yeah, over Yeah, because in the West Coast Adventure, she was taken captive by Pandemonia, which right. was a horrible character. But then he – that's when they really started talking about her powers being uh, – Probability based and everything like and that. And they turned her into Dark Scarlet right. Witch yeah, at she, one yeah, point, she like a dark which was Scarlet sort of Witch. a string. Uh, there was after Dark Phoenix, yeah. they would take every female character oh, yeah. and make her dark. Well, remember when they tried the Dark Storm? They did Dark Storm they, they, they of, like a year later. There yeah. was Dark Storm yes. in the X. Yeah, there was. Um, yeah, it was like I think X Men like number one forty five ish or something like that. Doctor Doom is um, has captured all the X Men. Um, and very like he, I think he was working with Arcade at the time. Yes. And um, and it's actually kind of a cool thing because again, this was that. I was still kind of young into the X Men reading, uh, or at least at least in steady reading of the X Men at that point. So at one point, um, Doctor Doom, you kind of got the feeling he had the hots for Storm because you know I guess because of her power. Plus she's you know gorgeous. It's dark chocolate. That's, yeah. That's about. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call it what it is, Mike. It's wanted, dark chocolate. He wanted to wrap, unwrap the foil on that dark chocolate. Um, <laughs> so but uh, but at All one point you know, got flat ass. She's giving him sass and stuff like that. So he just throws this pellet at her and it. It encases her in basically like a, an organic um, chrome, let's just call it. Just kind of like how um, Colossus has organic steel. It just encases her so she could still breathe, but she couldn't move. I mean, it was literally, she, she looked like a statue. She's um, encased. So then what happens is that, you know, the adventure's going on, the X-Men are trying to figure out how to survive, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, um, Doom is just like, you know, the storms, and it's literally above his castle. He goes, storms are getting really bad. Like, the lightning is starting to flash. You, you keep and, in mind, she's claustrophobic. Right, that's she's claustrophobic. Well, that's the thing. She's claustrophobic. So she is just going crazy in this thing. You know, we don't see it. That's the nice part. They don't show her. They don't have her thinking. You know, we don't know what's going on. And then finally, um, I think a lightning blast or something just blows the the casing open and stuff like that. And, you know, like how they used to do her, her eyes when they were white, you see like the the power going out into the atmosphere from her eyes and stuff like that. And, you know, suddenly they give the dark border around her speech pattern like they did with the Dark Phoenix. Right. And she's just like, you fool! You know, that kind of a thing. And, you know, she just, just starts blowing his castle apart and stuff like that. She's like, I am a goddess! You know, it's just, it was just a great story. So they were, I think the, the cover is something like, you know, we've done it before, dare we do it again? Dark Storm. Yeah. You know. Wow. Yeah. It was really a good one, though. Well, they, getting back, they did it with Scarlet Witch also. Oh, they did a dark, a dark thing with Scarlet Witch. It was actually nothing as dramatic as what I just explained. <laughs> no. It was just, she was in an all-black costume, like a, like a cat suit. That was it. Oh. 
Yeah. No. <laughs> and, well, she turned on the and she, and she turned on long, the Avengers at that point. Mike has his long explanation for the Dark Storm. Like, and she had like tight well, suit. Well, he's saying Scarlet Witch. Yeah, yeah. Scarlet Witch. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, you know, he went from one great description to like, yeah. And then this character, they did this. That was it. And basically, that is what happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, let me confirm that. That's but but, but but see, now that you guys kind of flushed it out a little bit, it makes sense that you know Scarlet Witch. If you make it to a tragic character. Not only did they make her a tragic character, now they made her the most power, one of the most powerful characters right. in the Marvel universe, yeah. outside of like two or three people. She, and she kind of always was. She, right. she, you know, it's just the madness of you know all these events happening back to, and they happened back to back right. to back. Yeah, it was it was just one after another. But the only thing with Scarlet Witch though is you never got the feeling that she could affect a gray area. In fact, she used to say like she couldn't affect more than like you know like a hundred feet or maybe a hundred yards or something like that, and that was fine. I mean, it's still impressive, but. Then when you realize eventually that she affected the whole world, you know, you're like, all right. Yeah, I I never got the feeling she could affect the whole world. I did think she was always very powerful. Right, exactly. Ralph, did you ever read um, the the M-Day storyline? No. Okay. Uh, uh, And it's kind of what we're talking about, how she affected the whole world at some point. Did you know what happened with the M-Day? No. You kept telling me to read it, I just... You just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you slept late again, huh? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, um, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Long story short, it kind of starts with wrong. Avengers. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers disassembled where um, for some reason the Avengers are getting their ass kicked by all these villains. And they're showing up inside the Avengers mansion. And, and some people are dying off. And they're like, well, what's going on? How are they finding out, you know, where we're living and, and, and you know, and they're just attacking us. And basically it boils down to that Scarlet Witch's power powers are going out of control and she was creating these different scenarios where the Avengers would you know they would get died and get attacked right. and all this other stuff so then at some point the X-Men and the Avengers have have a discussion about what should happen to the Scarlet Witch the Avengers I believe were like no 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 we'll take care of her she's one of her own you know you know she she needs you know counseling or whatever she needs something and the X-Men are like no we need to take her out we need to kill her we got to figure out something and people are arguing about this meanwhile Quicksilver hears about it and goes over to Magneto uh, of course, Scarlet Witch's father, and is like, you know what they're going to do to her? They're going to kill her. They're talking about this stuff. So they're talking about, well, we need to hide her somewhere. We need to hide her so that she'll be okay. Was this right. before A versus X or after? Yeah, way it's before. Way before. It's, kind of, what, it's like, kind of what caused the rift. Yeah, I would say it's pushing a decade, I guess. You know. no, not, 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 not a decade, quite, not but quite. it's got to be... No, maybe like six it. years. Maybe like six years. More, more than that. The Avengers disassembled? Eh, I mean, whatever. But I mean, well, yeah. yeah, it has to be more I, than that because yeah. the, the Civil War was quite a while ago right but, but um but yeah i mean you know it's just what you're saying is that um and it was actually it wasn't they didn't make it up which i like they didn't make it in avengers versus x-men they actually some of the x-men were like she should be saved she's that's right yes if some of the avengers were like yeah no we got to kill her you know so it was actually both sides <laughs> but they were coming you know? together and, and people were on different sides of this issue do we take this girl and take her out of her misery because she can kill people with her powers or do we need to kind of save her because she's a loved one and when we love her and she needs to be part of our life yeah i mean and, and just to give you an idea when we're talking about like um people that die i mean granted vision is a robot but like I and mean, think about this is the man that she loved and again at this point we didn't realize that it was her doing it he gets ripped in half i mean like so that all of his like parts just starts flying out and i mean his parts are kind of like um do you ever see aliens yeah like remember bishop how he had that like white goo stuff it's like that inside the vision okay so because i mean even though like both bishop was a robot as well not human but it's all robot it's just like that gunk kind of keeps them moving and simulates you know human body and stuff like that so all that's flying but um jack of hearts gets killed and that's just an important Ant-Man, character. and that's an important character ant-man got killed thank god Wh- but which Ant-Man? <laughs> it was, uh, uh, it was um, scott, lang. scott lang yeah scott, scott lang. lang so it wasn't hank pym no 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 no, 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 no. Did they ever bring scott lang back yeah, he's, he's back he's, now he's, in okay. FF. he's, he's in back in charge of the ff 
Okay. Not the Fantastic Four. The FF. The Future Foundation. Yeah. So basically, you know, with with with, with <laughs> it's not a bad story actually. with the with the X Men and the Avengers, yeah, it's a great story. But with the X Men and the Avengers kind of fighting about this, Magneto decides I'm going to protect my daughter. Oh, tell him how he shows up. Do you remember he he? That's when they got really crazy. Magneto and and Hank, uh, not Hank, uh, Beast explains when he sees it. Magneto somehow with his magnetic powers, and I don't understand, he he's able to open a wormhole. Oh, that's from right. Wherever he was on Earth. To exactly there, and then he just literally takes his daughter and goes away. <laughs> you know? And then I can't remember exactly what happens, but um, basically, in, in a blink, the world changes, and all the heroes that we know are living these different realities. Right. Most but, of them depowered. Depowered, but also living the life that they wanted to live. So, like, um, even down to Spider Man, I think, I believe, right? Yeah, like they wanted to live slash life that she thinks that they would want to live. Like, like she gave them all a paradise. Wolverine was like the the general of this of this. Um, this elite freaking group that was in charge of the world and his wife was Mystique. And all these other characters... Would they would shapeshift into you-know-who. <laughs> she would. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Talk about fantasy and role-playing. Wow. <laughs> Gee, you, you really loved me for me? Yeah, turn in the Jean Grey for me and shut up. <laughs> Do the Jean again, bub. <laughs> I, I think Jean was tighter than that. Come on. <laughs> wow. I think Jean was tighter than that. That goes back to our Famke Jansen Wanky. thing. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, um, so, so the long and the short is that basically the, everybody finds themselves in this universe as one mutant or, or one person on the in the world who recognizes the world for not being what it is. Like she's like, there's something wrong here, and I know there's something wrong. Is it would... my favorite character? Oh wait, no, I think it's one other person that you're thinking of. No, who, who are you thinking of? Layla Miller. She was the one that didn't re- that realized that the world that's, wasn't right. That's right. And I just, right. and just we were talking huh. about it earlier. I can't stand her. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I, I forgot yeah. about that. Look at that. Wait, let's just pause for a moment. Let's, let's bask in this. The cap was wrong. He, he hasn't gotten the wrong out. I've had my moments. That's part of what we well, well, have twenty- known him as long as I have. He's wrong <laughs> lots of times. <laughs> who are you thinking of, though? No, no, no. I, was, uh, I forgot who she was. Oh, oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, it was Layla Miller. Yeah, because she's the girl that knows stuff. So bottom line is um, she starts me- meeting up with these characters, and when she touches them, they start realizing the real world. They all go, to, and they all realize that, oh, wow, something's wrong. They confront the Scarlet Witch. Oh, oh like oh, and just, lost. Oh, oh and just, um, uh, just, uh, just another thing, too. Like, the world, not only... Um, the way Cap described it, but also there was complete... I, no, I'm sorry. I was about to say harmony. I was wrong. There wasn't harmony between humans and mutants. Mutants had the upper hand. Oh, right. Thank the world you. flopped. Yes. Okay. So that now... so Because what's important is you have to remember the Scarlet Witch has done this and guess who is in charge of the mutants and, and is keeping the world balanced and trying to live this mutant life? Magneto? Of course. Yeah. It's her father. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, she gave her father everything he ever wanted. So know? she turned her father into the ultimate Hitler? No, he wasn't Hitler. Oh no, no he, 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 no, he was loved by his people. He wasn't punishing the humans. I'm the sure human, Hitler was the humans loved by his the Humans definitely knew that they were second class citizens. They oh. definitely knew that, but they weren't like in camps or anything like that. They just weren't living the good life, right? You know. Yeah. You know. So, what was the name of that movie that they, that they reversed everything, where, where where the black people were in control and the white people were, were the ones that were being oppressed? A white dream. man, a dream. White man's burden. It was with um, um, John Travolta. Oh, I didn't see so it's kind of so it's kind of like the same idea where, where everything is kind of There's flopped. a movie like that. Yes, there is. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but but basically, the long and the short, they all the, the heroes all find out. Oh shoot, this is not our world. You know who did this? Oh, Scarlet Witch. So they all go to come down on the Scarlet Witch. She's living in denial. She's yeah. all like, oh, but I have two babies, and you know my kids are great, and da 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 da. All the heroes start coming down on the Scarlet Witch, and right at the, at the moment where they're about to kill her. She screams out, no more mutants. And in that flash, the world turns back to normal. 
but I would say seven-eighths of the mutant population are depowered. Oh, that's generous. I think they said that there were hundreds of thousands of them. There was only 196 by the, by the time she was done, you know. Wow. Yeah. So because of her probability powers, going back to what we were talking about, she wipes out pretty much almost the entire mutant race, which is why all the mutants feel, and I'm going to use a, a young kid phrase, they feel some type of way about... Um, I hate that saying too. I tell the kids that all the yeah. time. I mean, you really think about it. I mean, like you know, the cap already used the reference of uh, like, you know, or I'm sorry, you used the uh, reference about like you know, Magneto being more of a Hitler. Think about it. She was the ultimate Hitler in that case. She just committed almost entire genocide on her own people. Except she didn't kill them. She just depowered them. Well, which killed a lot of them actually. Some of them were oh. flying at the time. Oh, okay. Um, Chambers somehow lived, and I still. I can't understand that one. So after, <laughs> after all of this, did the universe ever get like reset where it's no, back? I no, mean, not, not in that way. That's where A versus X many years later comes in, not because of that story, but then the Phoenix Force coming around again, that's when Scott that's why Scott so... decided that like this could maybe re-spark the gene. Like, in other words, right. she didn't just depower the mutants. She removed the X gene from all of humanity, okay. period. Right, period. Which is why when the baby Hope is born... They're all like all happy about it because they're like, wow, there is the survival of the X gene. We have to protect this baby. But they don't know what its powers are. They, at that at that time, at they that didn't. time, no. at that time, they didn't. And at that time, I thought they were going to make another Jean Grey, but I'm glad they didn't do that. No, she just looks exactly like Jean Grey. Because, uh, yeah, I thought she was Jean Grey. Well, that was the big. She's not a lot. Little redhead girl. Yeah. It was kind of hard not <laughs> to think. She looks just like Jean Grey. Because gingers look alike. You know, she, looks, she looks just like Jean Grey. And Ray now we and apologize the to all the gingers. Of the world. <laughs> again, we have to apologize to the Eng- uh, the Irish again. <laughs> Now we apologize to the Irish. <laughs> in the world. But I mean, I remember just um, when that happened. I mean, the thing about that's what made that was Scott's motivation. The idea that there are no more mutants, we can get a, re, a resurgence of our people. That'd be great. And then I just started a whole other thing with A versus X. But yeah, I mean, they make Scarlet Witch pretty kick-ass now. And I, I can't lie, I like her now. But uh, there's so many really? different. Ver- what I, I like I, her. I, I'm sorry. I like. Her. I don't love her. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. This is a woman. Okay, let's think about this. Um, she went crazy, basically, you know, ruined her, ruined the world, ruined her race. Um, basically, let's say committed genocide. And now that she's with the Uncanny Avengers, she has a proposition by a bunch of mutants that are the children of Angel in some kind of apocalyptic way that want to remove all mutants from this earth and reality. And they need her to do that. And she seems to have agreed to do that. What has she advanced in exactly? <laughs> She's just a horrible woman that keeps making really bad decisions. <laughs> Sounds like Walking Dead and what's her name? <laughs> oh, wait, Ralph, you don't know about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> yes, because I watch good shows. Oh. Like, like Once You're Upon a Time we, in you, Wonderland? You are lucky we need you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, going back to Scarlet Witch, I just, I mean, I, I, I just feel like they've done... They've done like you guys explained some of the version the versions of her and it sounds kind of cool. I go back to the Ultimate Universe version that made me feel a little bit like tweaked, where it was her and her brother Quicksilver, and they had like an incestuous relationship. No, it wasn't like. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I, I forgot because I, toward their death, it was it was confirmed. So it, they were the Jamie and the Cersei of the of the Ultimate Universe. Yep. Yeah. Well, they were even in this one. It was always alluded to at least. Pietro had the fascination with his sister. Really? I didn't and get that no, I mean, it was, feeling well, it was in the always Marvel Universe And then proper. they kind of 
moved out of that he, way. He was always overprotective of her. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was just, it was, I never no, really, he, you'd have he, to point would, to some panel. No, he would make statements like, you know, like, no man's good enough for my daughter, I mean, my sister, no man should touch her. You know, it's well, just re, like. Well, re, remember when they're writing these books, the, those books that you're referring to, you're ver, referring to early Avengers. Yeah. Which is 60s and. I'm even know, talking about 80s. I mean, like, it was just I kind of like a little bit weird. You know? but, but I never get that. I, I honestly I never got that. But the point is, in, in the ultimate books, dude, they go all the way with it. Yeah. To the point that he's saying all that stuff and, and they're all like hugging on each other and like, oh, sister, I've missed you so much. I'm like, oh, that shit is fucking nasty. Yeah. And, then, and then it gets to a point where before they kill off one of the characters, which I'm not going to give away because I'm not Ralph. Um, <laughs> um, if you could see me right now, I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> um, there's a point where they're in a horse carriage ride in New York City enjoying each other's company and I believe he kisses her. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that that just well, they're yeah. only half brother and sister, right? No, 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 no it doesn't they're half matter. <laughs> <laughs> that is disgusting. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, people well, live other lifestyles. ways. Half is okay. <laughs> he really, he really he's like, is, and cousins are totally on the table. As he, far he, as he really is. What's the thing? He really is preparing for the zombie apocalypse. You know? <laughs> <laughs> What's the saying in Spanish that they say? Tu primo se prime. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is in English basically translates to "We're in America, your, damn it." With, with your cousin is better. No, 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 no. Oh. with your cousin is <laughs> better. I, I just better. like the I like the fact that the word "better" is in there. <laughs> <laughs> Can no, we it's... stick to luck-based characters? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not, not, not incest. I'm not this feeling... pod is not <laughs> about incest. I'm not feeling lucky at all. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I'm not. I'm not promoting. The I'm opinions just saying. expressed during this podcast <laughs> are not condoned by oh. Troy Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Well, anyway, going all the way back, I just feel like even when they did, they had a really good chance in the Ultimate Universe to write her well, and they just didn't. Well, you know. they, they had a really good chance to write everybody well. Well, I was about they, to say, they, they, they blew just, it. The Ultimate Universe just blew it. I can't <laughs> wait to Galactus to just like swallows it all up and leaves yeah. it all. Yeah, except for Spidey. I'm like, I was like, yeah, exactly. Miles Morales. Swallow it all up and just start over again. You know? <laughs> or do what DC does and just start it all over again. No matter. Five years from now, you can do it again any old way. So. That's right. Galactus swallowed it all, but when he crapped it out, it became another universe. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you have a job waiting for you at <laughs> Stanley's like, get that guy here. I'm sorry, would you like to do that, Cap? <laughs> wow. Excelsior. Well. No, no, stop. Just one more thing, ma'am. Getting back to Scarlet, you know, I liked her because you know, she, had a, she, she was a mutant who wasn't in the X-Men. Right. She was an Avenger. She had a... Her brother is debatable whether you like him or not. Yeah. I, I liked him more when Peter David wrote him to mm-hmm. explain why he was such a surly son of a bitch. Yeah, you were, right. t- you were telling me about that. I read that book. You had yeah. the book. I read the book in your house where they explain why Quicksilver is the way he is. Why he's so irritable. annoyed and yeah. annoyed all the time. It's just that he, you know, the world works too slow for him. Right. And he's constantly feeling like. You know, like irritated because nothing happens fast enough right, for him. Makes Which, sense. well, not really. It makes not sense really. To a point, he know? can use the super speed, but I mean, it, it made sense to a certain point if you if you see his powers in that way. Right. Like I've never heard them say, "Well, Barry Allen is in." Uh, Barry Allen is on the other end of the spectrum. He's the nicest right. guy on the earth. Right. Well, he's the fastest. That's man. also the way but DC he, writes people. Yeah, right? well, that's what I'm saying. They, Barry Allen's biggest fear is that he's going to be moving too fast, and the whole world's going to slow down around him. 
Right. Well, now, well, now that they, they yeah, broke that's, that. That's yeah. a new, new thing. But also, I mean, you know, like, that's another like, one like day we was, need to talk about Barry Allen. Oh, yeah. But day. just like the cat was saying, though, it's just that you know, it is the way DC. I mean, their heroes aren't just heroes; they're gods. Right. Yeah. Whereas, part of the... whereas Marvel, they try to make theirs more relatable, which is again an example of with the Quicksilver. I'm not saying it's a great thing, but for Marvel writing, it makes sense. Right. You know? Right. But you know, getting back, you know, he, she, she had this sibling who was also also a mutant, and she has her her father is one of the one of the central characters of the Marvel Marvel universe. Right. And I never Which felt they didn't know was his her father. Well, for the they, longest they, time they, the longest they didn't. Because they, you know, they were separated from Magneto and raised at Wondergore Mountain. Right. By right. I can't think of the woman's name, but she looks like a bull. No. <laughs> she's like, wow. Because well, like, you hear that every day. She, they <laughs> were raised by gypsies. They, no, well, they, they were ta- they were born on Wondergore Mountain. Right, and that's then right. That's they right. were separated and, the and taken. Took them down. Midway that's right. to the the bull, the Bova right. was her Bova, name. That's right. Bova and took Bova them down took to, the gypsies, you're to right. the gypsies, and they were raised by gypsies. The they Maximals. did not know, right? And they were the they were the 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 children of Magneto and his wife, and I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend Magda. Right. And she and you know that they they didn't come out and say it till a miniseries, but I mean they alluded to it in an Avengers issue where Magneto was in the book and he was looking at a picture of his wife who looked exactly like Scarlet Witch. And, it, I mean, it didn't take much to figure out that Quicksilver looked like... He looks like Magneto. Magneto yeah. you know, take right. the helmet off, they both have silver hair. Um, but they've never... And, you know, they've... Later on, they've sort of explored their relationship, but never to my satisfaction. I mean, these are the, the children of Magneto. They should have more substantial relationships with them. And I'm always hoping that's what someday they will explore that well, they, a little they, better. I'm trying to remember, well, rather I was, than, I was trying to think of why, but they, yeah, they said that um, Magneto's wife Magda, she ran off with the children because he was going into his like Hitlerish rants again. Because he was already by that point talking about, right, they, about cause how she gave people birth need to in be killed. She but, gave, they gave birth in Wondergore. And... Well, I mean, soldiers, but, but, the soldiers had already attacked their village and Magneto was fighting and he took his wife away to give birth. Right. In Wondergore, so that he was already like, you know, people are horrible, they need to be killed, blah, 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 blah. Okay, now you, so you yeah, remember you then, better. Yeah. yeah. So that's what that's why she ran off and stuff like that. All right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I like that character. I, I can't, I, I have more. Like I, said, I liked her earlier. You know? Right, up until a certain point, And like we said, it just sort of snowballed where things just kept going wrong for that character. I just feel like when it comes to luck characters, I feel like, I mean, I felt like. Well, who, who's another luck character? Um, Domino. Was, Domino, which I've never gotten <sighs> ever. Somebody give me a pail. Yeah, I, I've never understood uh, her purpose. I mean, like she's a mercenary that sort of has. I mean, her luck isn't even not quite like Gambit's. I mean, it's not that right off putting. I just can't even kinda... remember her actually being lucky. Like, what did she do? Well, Bullets don't that hit thing. her. That, that was the whole thing. It was like, well, remember what was her name? Why was she called Domino? Come remember. on, I don't remember. because the pieces always fall into place. That oh, was so that, was, it was the domino. that was exactly. such it was the domino effect. Oh, uh, one thing led to another. She exactly. Has, uh, she would use so basically, she could never miss her shot. Powers. Yeah, it's like she never missed the shot, but it wasn't telekinesis. It was just her luck always made no, it, no, it work. The, it says well, on Wikipedia oh, it says that she has like unconscious telekinetic powers oh, that would okay. cause something to happen to make it. Oh, that's I think that I, that sounds like like they rebooted. Yeah, that, that definitely later. is much more of a, a yeah. reboot because they even tried um, soon after. Like, because I've, I've read the uh, the one ninety six, which was a series that they had about the surviving one hundred about the X Men. Yeah, well, yeah, and that, how they sought um, they sought shelter at the X Men mansion because they were you know the mutants kept coming there. But at one point there was a faction. There's always a, a faction against that and stuff like that. And Domino was with that faction, 
and somehow I'm trying to remember somebody used their powers to bolster her luck powers and and it somehow created a shield of probability. I mean it was just you're like, just stop. Stroke, stroke, squirt. Stroke, stroke, squirt. That's yeah. horrible. Nobody <laughs> yeah. cares about Domino. Like the, the choices. When you saw like the one ninety six, the choices that they left up there. I mean, like there was this one girl. She looks like female Crocodile Dundee. Like she was an Australian woman. She had the hat and she had like that kind of like she had the vest and that kind of like you know that leatherish skirt. You know, with the tassels. Yeah. And she was mildly faster than people, mildly stronger than people, mildly combative she sounds mildly interesting yeah she, no no she wasn't <laughs> did, did they depower anyone during that time who was a who was significant i mean the blob well, they got rid of like characters you knew like the blob um who else polaris polaris right polaris, lost polaris lost, she still didn't technically that was actually in the interesting side i was just reading she actually never got them back her powers were returned in a um by apocalypse so technically her mutant gene was never reactivated Oh, okay. Her powers have just been returned to her, so it's kind of so technically she's not a mutant. And by the way, Longshot is not a mutant. Everybody, right? Yeah, he's right. an alien. Yeah. yeah, like you said. Yeah, he's um, genetically engineered. Yeah. Yes, from an alien race. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, oh wait, there's there's somebody else. Oh, Mike, um, Iceman had had problems with his yeah. abilities when 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 um yeah. when M Day happened. There's a couple of X Men that, that that didn't like do things for a while. No, I was yeah, but I'm I'm to say, I didn't about, like M Day. Jubilee. Yeah, ju- wait, yes. No, yes. no, wait. Yes, yes. Jubilee. Yes. That's right. That's how she became a vampire. Um, <laughs> Say that sentence again because that's just so weird. <laughs> yeah. That's well, how she, she became a vampire. Did you guys like M Day? What? Did you guys like it? I liked parts of M Day. The art only. was great. The story was the, the good in the beginning, but it's a lot of the, it's a, like a lot of the series that are around now. It begins promising, and then the middle three to four issues yeah. are just a lot of blubber, and then they they rush you to an ending by the last issue. Yeah. Okay, I overall didn't like it. I just thought I, I didn't like the idea of it, to be quite honest. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of a. When you had asked that about the, the mutants of somebody else that oh somebody that had the power that was like finally was um who was the chick with the bones? Marrow. 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 Yeah, they depowered her. Thank God. Good. Yes. Oh, I, I, I'm like I'm like couldn't they have depowered her while she was lifting a boulder? <laughs> I have no power. Oh, smash! <laughs> and I hope they whatever happened to Maggot. Uh, we don't we're, know. We're, Mag, Maggot's a constant target for us on the uh, show. Uh, yeah, I, know. I, I know you. You before there ever was a show, <laughs> before there was a thought of a podcast, would tell me how much he hated Maggot. Right. <laughs> and he could have gone on for hours how much he he, he broke it down for me. One hated day and I was Maggot. Like, oh my god. He couldn't disagree. Because because it, it was just like it was just like this character. Completely. But, I mean, those three. Oh, all the X Men. All the X Men during that time period. It was horrible. Her, Cecilia Reyes. Yeah. Marrow. And, and, the, well, and they, what was that guy that took another person's name? Um, th- was it Thunderbird? Thunderbird. Thunderbird. But the Indian was, one. The oh, the Indian, Indian guy. Thunderbird. Yeah. yeah. Was he Indian or was he, he like South American? Or no, something no, no. Like he, was he, was he was Indian. He was Indian. He, okay. Yeah, he was I wasn't sure. But yeah, yeah, he had some kind of like, what, projection, energy projection power. And yeah. I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. <laughs> well, one thing I'll say to wrap it all up, we're lucky to not see those characters around again. True <laughs> <laughs> that. True that. So <laughs> we'll continue with um, the discussion or a different discussion on Meanwhile 22 pages later. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I, that could go on to another podcast. <laughs> but you know what's the funny? And I'll talk about it after the break. So <laughs> we'll come back from the break and hopefully I won't stutter. And we're back, and now with our new segment, Comic Book Debates with Cap, Mike, and Ralph. Alright, so the way this works is, last week we chose a topic on what to debate on. And the two people who will be debating 
but this week will be Cap and Mike, had the whole week to prepare debate for both sides because they didn't know which side they're going to be debating on. And just a few minutes uh, before the uh, after the break, I had chosen which side they were going to do. So for this week's topic, we're deciding uh, whether or not in order for a superhero to become a superhero, they require a tragic backstory. So arguing that they do require a tragic backstory is Mike. Yay. And, <laughs> and arguing that they don't require a tragic backstory is the cap. Here we go. And I, I just want you to know that the sides that they are arguing doesn't necessarily mean this is what they believe. All right. So take it away, Cap. Your opening statement. I think that, can can I be heard? Yeah. Okay, cool. I was just trying to make sure. All right. Um, well, I personally think that um, to be a good hero has nothing to do with tragedy. Tragedy tragedy is only one of many motivating factors that can cause somebody to be a hero, but I don't think it is the only reason that a hero can be created. Okay. Mike, your rebuttal? Obviously, you're wrong. because i am on the side that says tragedy is needed to make a good hero aristotle even said that over 300 bc so you've got a long way to put some history in (laughs) you got like 2300 years of history to rewrite all right cap all right well uh, the one thing i'll say is that um my first point is that anybody can have power it's what you do with the power that's what that's what it um, boils down to. There are plenty of heroes in both universes, DC, Marvel, and actually in Dark Horse universes that um, didn't need a tragic um, origin to be able to become a character. I'll give you an example. Um, the Flash. The Flash is somebody that, that not, I mean, his parents weren't killed and he decided to become the Flash. He was in a freak accident in his lab and he, because of his moral fiber and because of his, his you know, the way he felt about life and also he was a cop. You know, but that goes down to, you know, what he believed in and what he was raised in believing made him made him become a superhero. He could have easily turned that around and made himself into a supervillain. Okay, Mike. Uh, Well, tragedy, I mean, as as you would imagine, it gives an interesting backstory to a hero. Um, That's usually what it's used for is is the backstory, because um, it gives us a sense of, of believing that if we suffered a similar tragedy, that it would release our own inner superhero. That's what it's used to try and relate to us by saying that, well, if you went through something this horrible, you know, um, if, if you had the drive inside you, you could become this hero. That's kind of what it alludes to. All right. Uh, Cap, your rebuttal? Um, well, I mean, I, I won't argue and say that, that tragedy isn't, like I said before in my opening statement, that tragedy isn't a motivating factor. It is. It's A, but it's only one part. Um give you the big one of the biggest examples of you you don't need necessarily tragedy to make you into a superhero let's take superman superman i mean and people will argue saying well yeah the tragedy was the fact that he, he um he was you know sent away from an exploding planet and he was never never able to meet his parents but it was you know the the morals that that ma and pa kent had taught him and the things that he he absorbed in his experience being in smallville to become the you know to become who he was because tragedy can easily flip side and turn you evil a tragic event can make you angry and and and, and malcontent and and turn on people and imagine if you had power you could turn around and destroy people in the blink of an eye well um it actually leads to another point is that that's what the tragedy is trying to show you it's 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 the the written attempt to show us that 
the those that are strong wills, those that have uh, good morals and good values, will use these powers through their tragedy for good, and that those that are weak won't. That is exactly what it does to show. In other words, uh, the fact that um, a villain goes through the same time, type of tragic event and becomes a villain tells us that he was a weak-willed natured person and should no longer be part of society. That's what the hero, who went through a similar tragic event, and showed us that, oh, he had the, 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 the foresight or the, the, the inner um, nurturing or whatever to become the hero that he is, that he needs to now take down this guy and remove him from society because this guy is inferior. I, I I don't know. I just I also feel like that's part of, and I don't want to use the word because I could I use it. There's some luck that comes to being a, a superhero also, because you can have somebody who's a you know who has great moral fiber and never retains any kind of power. I mean, um, I'm, I'm Hal Jordan. We were talking about it before the, the, the podcast. The fact that you know he ends up you know getting the ring just on happenstance. You know he was you know he um the, this ship crash lands near him. He could have crash landed near Lex Luthor. What would have happened then? You know um I, what. He doesn't get the ring just because the because he no, but, but by happenstance he gets the ring because he's worthy of the ring. But once again, it's because of his morals and because of you know who he is as an individual. I mean, and I'm sorry if I, if I confuse that, but um, or even the Fantastic Four, where you know there have been plenty of space missions, and and anybody could have been in that role. But the fact that you know they you know they were who they were intrinsically, you know, made them into, into great heroes and. Um, I agree with the idea of, you know, if somebody's weak-willed, that they might turn evil. But once again, it goes back to my point, saying that if you are a strong, a person of strong morals, and you have a certain kind of morals, that that makes the, that, that makes the character, you know, whether, whether tragedy happens to you or not, is, is not as important. Right. Um, well, that just leads me to my final point, which is that uh, for tragedy, its other point is also, like I said, is to explain the hero's actions. Because if you really think about it, just put it simply, if without tragedy, then you'd have to explain that Batman is just a rich white man that beats up on the poor and the mentally unstable just to maintain the status quo of other rich people in the same society. But um boom <laughs> Back to you. All right. And now this ends the debate. Let me calculate here. And tally. Points. All right. And As he tallies with no pencil. That's right. <laughs> is, is this whose line is it no anyway? <laughs> He's using the whose line is it anyway map. For, yes, that's right. And with a score of 1,687 to 2, Mike wins. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is sad because that's not my point of view. <laughs> I, could, I can go either way, but I, I can see where, where people talk about a tra- uh, a tra- you need tragedy to make your superhero. But... It, when you were like, oh, you're, you're not doing tragedy, I was like, oh. I, I, I thought he made a good case. I actually thought he was winning. Yeah, but the, the case, I mean, for me, like I said, um, it, you know, like Ralph had said, uh, it's not necessarily our views. And in this case, he did flip-flop us because I stone cold do not believe right. that you're right, right, right. I know, I know that's what Ralph did. What, he said, oh, yeah, I'm picking this. I'm like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> 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 I didn't, it's funny, I was going to go into Boost to Gold and all those guys, but it was, I was like, no, 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 that, that, that's a little... Boo. Oh God! I'm glad you didn't go. To <laughs> see, see what I did? There? I was letting a little Lex Luthor out. <laughs> also, if, if you're you doing the wrestling to... thing. Like, just because the Cap is one of the first names we hear on the podcast doesn't mean he has to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's but more any, fun to make you lose. And anybody that brings a Booster Golden argument loses. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what it is. So I guess in theory, I lost. I lost because I, I was thinking well, it. Well, you didn't. You didn't bring him up. So. Well, well, Mike won just because of that final comment with the whole Batman. That was just crazy. yeah. So. 
<laughs> it's kind of like what they say in showbiz. Like, um, they remember how you began and they remember how you end when you're doing a performance. Oh. Yeah. But the middle stuff is nice. But if you begin strong and you end strong, that, that's, what the, that's what the audience takes away. Yes. And it's, it's, so it's kind of funny. So, Mike, you win now, but I will be back for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saved that zinger for last. <laughs> that, that was I, was, I like that. That was good. Strategic, strategic, very strategic move. Uh, you know. You've done this before, Mike, haven't you? <laughs> Not so well. <laughs> so um, we'll be back with the rest of Meanwhile 22 Pages Later after we go on a, I guess, a drink break? Yes. Yeah. Just I let everybody harsh. know Cap is out of beer and liquor, so uh, he might be sober by the end of this podcast. Why do you make sure. me sound like an alcoholic? I take one drink and... <laughs> there are three bottles right there. Three <laughs> bottles. What are you talking that's, about? That's when Steven was here. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, what's going on? This is The Cap again, letting you know that we want to hear from you. We meaning me, Mike, and Ralph. So we just want to hear what's on your mind. Do you agree with some of the things we said? Do you think we're full of crap? Or just some suggestions you have? We definitely want you to hit us up. So please take the time out and you can email us at m22lcmr at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on our Twitter handle at meanwhile 22 also, if you're wondering what the hell are they talking about by a Doctor Who border, you can check our growing um, website at meanwhile22pageslater.com. That 22 is a number. Now back to the show. I thought that um, we were going to need to play the music again in Mike's headphones to get him amped get him ready for this segment hey, i get amped for it all I need, I need i need a little i need a little foreplay to get started he was like it's so different without us doing the intro i need the music just to act like it's still going on Look, i need a little you know a little blowing in the ear a little kiss on the neck not just, not just grabbing at my zipper come on not just grabbing at my zipper holy i'm not i'm not a machine i'm a man and speaking of I'm love go ahead ralph Huh? No, no. Oh, quote of the podcast. Not just grabbing at my zipper. <laughs> we should put that on the website. Yeah. <laughs> my quote. Grab, <laughs> don't go grabbing at my zipper. Ralph's crow. It's his claws. <laughs> See, I got it first, all right? Cap, meanwhile, 52. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Cap is m- 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 meanwhile. <laughs> well, well, welcome to the podcast that's one thing i'll say before we go into the next segment the one thing i like about our podcast is that we really do little edit edit, look at that shit what the fuck little editing we do very like editing editing yeah what what i'm saying is that like watching um kevin smith and his outtakes like him doing the beginning of comic book men and it took him like six or seven takes i'm like wow so it's not just one run and they go right in through and he talks about you know they cut out parts of conversations we don't cut parts of our conversations at all really no and if 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 kevin smith is cutting out stuff it's got to be like what 20 30 hours (laughs) (laughs) the man can talk i like him but the man can talk Oh, but speaking yeah. of love, because we were talking about love in the talk, but speaking about love, I want to talk about some love right here. Ooh. <laughs> hey, let's just dim the lights, turn on those candles. Yeah. 18, 18 plus only allowed to listen to the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Is that what's happening? Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm going to go into the, the, the reason why we started this podcast is because um, we, ha- we felt like everybody has a love for sci-fi and a love for comic books. So I was just curious to find out um, where what where did the love start for you? 
and this is for everybody in the panel. Where was it? What time of life was it for you? Um, what was the show or what was the comic book or what was the, the thing that sparked your love for the, the geek world? What, was the, what, what helped you enter the geek world? So whoever would like to start, go right ahead. Well, I guess mine started when I was five years old. And so we're talking about 2008? <laughs> Dominican Republic had TVs? Oh, damn. Oh, wow. We gotta be like that. Yeah, they had TVs, but I was born in the U.S. Cap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. So, yeah, I was around five years old, and I was sitting with my brother and my cousin. We were watching TV, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comes on. The cartoon or the movie? The cartoon. Oh, wow. And it's like, when I hear Raphael, and I'm like, I thought someone was calling me. I'm like, what? (laughs) <laughs> I'm on a TV show but I'm not a turtle what's going on <laughs> but then I started watching and I'm like oh shit that was awesome and then we used to play uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and me and my brother and my cousin and then my brother would always be Leonardo and then, wait your brother would be Leonardo? yeah cause he that's was fucking hilarious cause he thinks he's the leader but anyway whatever. I always thought Raphael was pretty cool so I'm like shit I'm Raphael it doesn't matter so it's, I'm, I'll be him I'm a badass anyway so, who's Shredder? Uh, <laughs> uh, no Shredder was a doll so we were just really that. <laughs> Shredder was a doll? Yeah, it was like a little stuffed uh, teddy bear that we used to have. <laughs> you know, thinking That's back very, now. very quiet opposition. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you have, you're a kid, you have a lot of imagination. Oh, yeah. Know, so. Yeah, no, no. You're better than mine. Mine would be like an invisible person. Like, look, we're fighting Shredder. And like, why is he uh, fighting by himself? <laughs> <laughs> He's just playing with his imaginary friends. <laughs> Isn't his imaginary friend in his pants? <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what did it for me. And then you know, uh, Cartoon Network was just awesome at that time. So you had like old the old Justice League, that uh, the, um, yeah, the Justice Friends, or Justice Super Friends, yeah, Super Friends. I'm, about, I'm like, what? The Justice Friends? I'm like, what? I missed that era. My bad. Uh, yeah, I thought that was some Dominican Republic. <laughs> that's, that's the ghetto one. Yeah, they tone it down over there. Starring El Dorado. <laughs> <laughs> You play Dreamcast. <laughs> One thing I'll ask with you. With his sidekick, Gypsy. <laughs> because that was your entrance into the nerd world with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, did you ever read the comic books, the black and whites? Well, now, as I was older, yeah, I've read some. But you didn't English. go into it then. Like, you didn't, like, one didn't lead to the other then. Well, I didn't know how to operate the internet back then. Because <laughs> the Dominican Republic. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have paper? Huh? They didn't have colored paper? I was a little kid with no money, man. It's like. In the Dominican Republic. (laughs) No, for me, like, um, comic books, like, you know, I mean, we didn't buy them, you know, off the stand with the full covers. My mom would just get those little packets, three for a quarter, with all the half ripped off covers. So, like, you know, like, I I would always be like, oh, I recognize the bottom half of that comic book cover. (laughs) When I got older, I'm like, I swear I've seen that cover. Then I cover up the top half. I'm like, now I know what it's (laughs) No, it's like, my house is like... uh, if you were buying comic books, it wouldn't fly with my mom. Really? Yeah. Like if if you if I asked her, can I go? Can I get some money to buy something? She'd be like, No, you got to work for it. When I was your age, I was milking cows. I was walking to school four miles both ways. I was doing this, this, and this. I would get the whole freaking ride. Action. She would really, really, and I, I, and I know Ralph's mom. She, I, I totally believe. I can hear her saying that. She, she would definitely say. She I would can make, totally hear her saying. She's that. like, if you if you want this, you're gonna have to work for it. I'm like, my god. Here's a cow, milk it. But that's a dog, milk yeah. it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm five years old. You want me to go get a job and pay for my own stuff? <laughs> wow, good. that's funny. So I was like, it wasn't until I was like in, in about high school or more actually was getting an allowance and saving up my money that I was able to buy my own stuff. And so, but so what was one of the first comics? I'm just kind of curious that you can remember buying like just one of them. 
Uh, what was it? I think it was a Superman comic. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, okay. Like, action comic Superman? Like, or was he just in it? I, honestly, I can't remember oh, okay. Oh, okay. where it was, but I just remember it was a Superman comic. The first one I actually got, it was that someone gave to me. Okay. And what was it? I think it was like an Archie comic that they gave to me. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's pretty funny. Hand me downs. That's how I got half my collection. Yeah. Detroit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I got half my collection. Yeah. Isn't it cool that you have your supplier and your dealer? Not when your supplier doesn't know. <laughs> Troy was at an age where he was like, wait, these are all my things. I want half of these back. <laughs> there were other people in my family giving him shit that was mine. I was like, wait a minute. He had lent it to another family member. Lent, which means it was the intention back. of giving back. Yeah. The, the guy who had it didn't give it back. Troy forgot about it because he had so many comics. I go over, I go over to this guy's house, and he was like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, I don't want these comics anymore. Take so I'm taking a bunch." I'm is that Tyrone or Trevor? I think it was Trevor. <laughs> and you know, I talked to Trevor about that later. He's like, "I thought you would be all right with it." Like, Are you kidding me? So this I, is years later. I spoke to Trevor. It's funny because I, I was in his house. Oh, look at these comics, and Troy's like, "Damn, you know, I, I had one just like this. Yeah, take I this, had one just like this." this. And then there's one number one eighty one. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> there, there were some good ones there. And then all of a sudden, he looks at one and he goes, this is mine. <laughs> I can tell because it's got the dog hair crease here. It had something like distinguishing something, on it. Yeah, I remember that. And I was, and I was like, where did you get this? He was like, uh, Trevor gave it to me. I was like, fucking Trevor's not, not fucking Trevor's books. <laughs> just to give some perspective, Trevor's older than me. So I guess Trevor felt like, well, they're, they're just, just com- comic they're books. They're just comic books. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, that was kind of his reaction when I spoke to him later. And he was like, they're just comic books. I was like, motherfucker, they were my fucking <laughs> It's mine. <laughs> Can you? It's mine. Is that your Cartman impersonation? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you're <laughs> 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 so, so, th- so that was your entrance into Geekhood. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you fully embrace it from, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on, or was it like... Yeah, hell yeah, man. It's like every time Halloween, I was either a turtle or a Superman or a ninja or something, you know, but it was it was never like I was the mailman or a policeman <laughs> or a firefighter. Never that. It was always some sort of Superman. No, you got to save those jobs for later. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all those disguises, the INS must have really been spying on you. <laughs> you have no idea, man. It's hard, it's hard to duck them. We, we thought he was illegal, but it turns out he's a mutant ninja turtle, so <laughs> that's okay. So what does your mom think about doing this podcast? Because I know that she, I remember the time that I saw her at work and she, you don't call me by, by cap, but she was like, do you know, he was supposed to be over the house and he was supposed to help out with things. And then he said he had to help you out (laughs) and and give me like a guilt trip. And I'm like, no, but he really had to be with me for what? (laughs) And then Ralph's like, yo, yo, leave cap alone. (laughs) You know, I told you, we, you know, we had to go there. She didn't believe me. Well, it's it's like uh, most mothers, you know, they, they want you to live your own life. and, And they say that they say they want you to live your own life. But if they need you to do something, they want you to throw everything away and be there. No, there's no change. They, That's how like, I want most you. To, I want you to live your own life the way I want you to live it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So, Troy, where was where was your um, first love at first geek? It was comic. Well, you know, it, it wasn't comic book based because you know we were talking about things that are geeky and like people generally consider Star Trek pretty geeky, and I was a big Star Trek fan at a young age. <laughs> I wanted to be Captain Kirk. <laughs> Captain you want to, real, you want to sleep with every blonde woman on every planet in the universe? Yeah, even at five. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you go around with a tape recorder and be like, Captain's Log, I woke up this morning and had some breakfast. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hit my brother in the head. It was quite epic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
No, it was it's like, I, you know, I never thought of things as geeky. It's just I liked what I liked. Right. I didn't care. Well, then they weren't geeky. It was just you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I never thought of it like that. And um, after that, I comic books. Oh God, I remember the first book I bought. It was the world's finest, and it was one of those books that featured the Super Sons of Superman and Batman. <laughs> it was one of those books, and if I think they were. The, the two of them were, you know, the whole issue was the Super Sons, and they, they were caught up in some sort of adventure in the Old West. You know, it was one <laughs> of those. Oh, my sense. God. It, no, yeah, it didn't make any much sense, but it was, a, it was the cool, the cover was very cool, and it was cool to see these younger versions of Batman and Superman. And I got caught up in that, and, I, um, and then I bought, like, early Avengers, and, you know, I didn't have money, and I was like, my, you know. You like Ralph, you know, you're a little kid. You get, you get what you when you see your opportunity to beg for the comic book. Exactly. I begged. <laughs> please, 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 can I get the back? I begged. That's I begged right. as much as I could. My mother caved most of the time. Yeah. So I started, but as soon as I, you know, back then comic books were cheap. Yeah. So you know, if you had a dollar, you could get four books. Yeah, easy. You know, and uh, and if you had an allowance of five dollars. Nobody mm-hmm. I knew had five dollars. You know, <laughs> my mother didn't have five dollars. <laughs> I, I occasionally would get five dollars, and I spent all my money on comic books and pizza. Wow, that is all I spent money. On. Anytime I had money, is that when pizza was ten cents a slice? Pizza was fifty cents. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. If and yeah. you got, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure. I, Mike I remember the remember. tail end of that. Yeah, I'm sure you. Was, tail well, end. Yeah. It, I, I mean, I'm not think about it. It's not that long yeah. ago, actually. No. Well, that's that's the scary part. I mean, I'm not from uh, New York, but even in Philadelphia, I mean, I remember when pizza slices were around twenty five cents. Well, oh, I don't 35. remember twenty five. I remember. 50. Well, New York, but Philadelphia would also be cheaper than New York too. Right, right. You know. But yeah, I mean, I, at some point, I was and that point i was just buying everything I, like i have so many shitty comic books because i just bought whatever was there whatever like looked nice I, everything looked good i was like everything looked good when i look back i'm like oh that was shitty that was a yeah, fucking but the shitty is, artist did you, but did you enjoy them at the time fuck yes then they weren't then they weren't shitty that's Hell the whole thing yes. they're only shitty from a critical they were, point of they view they were you know? i took comic books over everything i mean there was only, i only needed three things baseball Comic books and pizza, and I was happy. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> no, I didn't even care about Farrah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was young. I didn't care about did, that. Did you ever have to do a book report and you did it on a comic book? Well, were you, you tempted? Are so, you are so bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what you did. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> yes. Oh come on, you were tempted. No, no, I didn't. No, I, no, I didn't. No, I, didn't. No, I, knew, I knew the difference between schoolwork. Yeah. <laughs> And comic books. Yeah, I mean, and also then, I mean, there there was no class to comic books. I mean, not saying that the stories weren't good. It's just there, there was no world that thought the comic book world was cool. Was literature. Yeah, or, it, or literature it, at all. Right. I mean, you, you're talking about people. I mean, you know, people would think like, you know, oh, wow, you know, Kirby and Stanley, they must have been making billions. You know, it's like, no, not back then. I mean, the, you, you know, you were like an artist down in your luck to be drawing comics, you know, at that point and, you know, and writing for them. You probably wrote for them full time and had a job like, you know, as a shoeshine guy <laughs> to, actually, to actually earn money. Wow. <laughs> and then when someone asks you, what do you do? Oh, I shine, I shine shoes. Yeah, I was about to say, you're going to tell them the shoeshine job. Not the, <laughs> wow, that's not a pretty reputable job. job. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, back then, you know, as a kid, you know, I used to, 
they're like, man, I wish we could make these into movies. Yeah. Like, I wish they would do it. So anytime that anything was remotely related to comic well, books. Did you like, watch this uh, Doctor Strange movie? It was a TV movie. No, because I didn't really, really like Doctor Strange. Ah, oh, come on. Yeah, I, you know, I remember Ch- uh, Challenge of the Super Friends. It was Challenge oh. of the Super. Remember that live the action? live action one with was, the, the Hawkman with the cardboard wings. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> even, Ryan's sitting there with his mouth open like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, and it came out at nighttime, too. It wasn't even like it was a yeah, it was a primetime show. You can, if you YouTube it, you can see clips of it. Yeah, it is horrible. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's tongue in cheek, but it's it's still ate horrible. It up, because yeah, I, I couldn't could, wait because it, you know not only was for, I mean Batman and Robin were on it, but like all these other characters that were not depicted on live action TV. Yeah. I mean, Hawkman, like yeah. Hawkman, just Green, to see him. Oh, they're like, all in bad costumes. You know, they're all in wow. bad costumes. Black Canary was yes. in it. Whole mess of <laughs> the them. Huntress. The Huntress. The Huntress in this horrible, horrible hunt. And when you realize how obscure she is to the comic book people, even then, the fact that she was on TV, you're like, I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I ate stuff like that up. Yeah. I, could, you know, I hear that. Yeah. I ate up when when they when they had the first Spider Man. I was about to say, what about the Spider Man TV show? That show is. Absolutely abysmal. Yes, it, it really the show is. Was it, on. it was a show. It was a I think action. we talked about it in the live, live, uh, well, in the I last me- podcast. I mentioned it. I mentioned Nicholas Hammond as yeah. Spider Man. That was the actor that played Spider Man. But if you look at him from that time period, he really does look like Peter Parker back then. That's when Peter Parker had that like that, Brown, bushy that, that, that yeah the bushy but that swoop forward over the over the forehead kind of hair. Right. You know. Uh, it just was a horrible. They never had. They didn't have any supervillains. It was just Peter versus the latest cat burglar. It was so dumb. Well, and and I'll add as Troy's supplemental. Um, I knew that Troy loves Star Trek so much when I would hear family stories. <laughs> We're having static here. Probably. Oh no, we ain't having static here. Oh no. All I'll say is this. I, I won't tell the whole story. But when they were younger, so this excuses them. They were younger. Um, they were probably like maybe eight years old. No, younger. Okay. So you have um, a first generation of my cousins. So it's Troy, my cousin Matt, my cousin Virginia, my and, and my other cousin Keith. And my sister. Oh, and, and your sister and his, his sister, my cousin Randy. So they would play Star Trek. <laughs> so, what, so what it was was Troy was like, okay. The TV was the screen. <laughs> So, so I'm, say, I'm assuming your sister just sat around going, I can't pick up anything, Captain. <laughs> Basically. But, but, but what made it funny was that because I heard it from, and you'll, you'll know who I'm hearing it from. <laughs> when they're telling me the story, nobody else tells me the story. And the, the cousin that tells me the story tells me like this. So you have Troy saying, okay, I'm Captain Kirk. My, my, um, my brother Keith, he's going to be Spock. My cousin Matt, he's going to oh, be Bones. Matt, Matt was Spock. Oh, Keith Matt was Spock and Keith was Bones. Um, my sister is going to be Uhura. Now... The youngest cousin was probably about a significant four years younger than you guys. Is she more? Jen? So, so the youngest cousin wants, like, I want to play, I want to play. Oh, okay, you, you're you going to be the Klingon in the, in the prison. The, I see where this is going. <laughs> so you can tell who, tell me that story. <laughs> she was like, they always threw me in the corner, and I couldn't go anywhere. They'd be on adventures. I'd just be sitting there. <laughs> First of all, it wasn't always. <laughs> Sometimes she was a different villain. There was, a, there was one incident Did that involved Khan? a corner, and one incident where she was told to stand in the corner. But it wasn't meant for her to go stand in the corner. When she told that story, she, she said she went where and she stood. stood in the corner. <laughs> That's what she does. I forgot about her, and <laughs> she's in jail. <laughs> But that's fun. That's that's. It's funny when he talks about that. I'm like, yeah, Jin told me about that. <laughs> like, that was before I was born, so you know. It's funny. Is we would take like this chair and put it in the middle of the living room, and you know how you have your big TV, 
and it's there right. in the living room. That was, you know, like in Star Trek, they have the view screen. Right. That was our view screen. <laughs> <laughs> so my chair was right in front of the view screen. And there, like the couch was like the rest of the, the rest of the bridge. So, you know, I stood there barking orders from like a chair, <laughs> from like, you know, a recliner. That was great. <laughs> Captain, we have an incoming message. On screen, and then you see a commercial Somebody coming change on. Somebody changed the channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then comes the message. Who's it from? Your mother. She said dinner is ready. <laughs> That's the way those those things ended. Yeah, I was about to say all those adventures always. I said, get that trash out. <laughs> Actually, Quick, it just ended. What drive? With somebody said, oh yeah, carajo. <laughs> all right, all right. That's how it really ended. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, Troy. Okay, Mike. Um, for me, like I said, man, most of my memories begin with five. I, Long story as to why that is, but uh, it was just tons of stuff was going around. I mean, I remember reading you know, my first X Men comic book um, again with the cover half ripped off, and you know um, <laughs> the you know the, the different TV shows that they were trying to get out. You know, watching Shazam in the morning, stuff like that. Uh, but oddly enough, and I and I just know after saying this, Cap just would just love to be able to rip on me for uh, for being older and stuff like that. Go for it. But. Between seeing it on TV, in reruns, of course, um, in black and white, but then actually listening to it on an old tube radio. Wow. Because that's when the stations, you had other stuff on there besides just the music. I mean, they actually, actually played old radio shows. I listened with a mighty high of silver to the Lone Ranger. Wow. And, and that, is what I, that was my first love into it all, and I still love the Lone Ranger as a character. Wow, okay. Because it's, it's just such a, a black and white attitude um, to crime. I mean, that's just the whole thing. But uh, that, that, that's what really got me, was just you see this guy going around, you know, helping people, you know, um, he, you know his, had his partner, Tonto, and stuff like that. You know, we're part Native American, so, you know, it was always kind of cool to just be like, so that's what a Native American guy looks like, you know, <laughs> on screen, you know, something like that. It was just, you know, it was just really, it was interesting. But, um, yeah, that's my, my earliest thing that had gotten me into it. So I remember, you know, playing Lone Ranger as a kid, and I think my, I think one of my uncles um, had gotten me, like, some old-timey sheriff badge, and I know for Christmas I had gotten what looked like a Colt, uh, a Colt gun. I didn't mean like a Colt, like like a horse. I'm oh, no. like, damn, they no, had no, no money. No. We can get a Colt. <laughs> they didn't have five dollars. Did you watch it when it was on Channel Five? Um, Remember I, back? I'm, I'm, oh, you're from, I'm from you Philadelphia, are... so I don't know what channel it would have been on. I think it, for us it was on the, the UHF channels, which again, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, it would, here it was also on UHF. Yeah, so it would have been like on the more local. But they had it on Channel though. Five for a while. Oh really? Yeah, okay. So you could catch it. Oh wow. Was that still Fox? Before it was Fox. No, before it was NYW. Fox was the '90s. Yeah, that that's actually was created during your time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. Most so, of the cooler stuff was created during my time, <laughs> <laughs> like maggot. Go ahead. <laughs> but um, it like I said, so that got me into because I remember you know that you know I I find some old I think, I think mom has some old sun hats so I used to push up the corners so it was like a five gallon cap. <laughs> nice. You know, like grab some like you know some uh, hand towel and tie it around like it was a scarf for the for the mask. I mean, it just it was just you know just having fun with it. Uh, and then just one thing led to another, you know, like I said, my mom had bought, a, you know, would buy me comic books um, just to, because I, I loved to read. I, w- I was always an avid reader. Um, even by the time I was five, I was reading well ahead of my time. So that, you know, between all the, I had read all the children's books, you know, so she would give me the comic books, uh, you know, just to give me something else to do beside, you know, draw on the wall, which is what I used to do. <laughs> you know, but, um, but, uh, <laughs> but one thing that I just want to say, like, like I, I'm actually going to read these off because this 
explains not just why I like the Lone Ranger. I mean, this really doesn't explain the Lone Ranger per se, but I think it gives a lot of hint of my personality, but also in general what I love about most comics because this applied to the Lone Ranger because this was actually stated several times. I mean, he wouldn't read them as a list, but he would say them throughout the shows, you know, da da da. This was his credo, or I should say these were his credo that he lived by. Um, and when you realize that this story, these, um, the Lone Ranger, he wasn't created until 1933. So he preceded Superman and Batman and all those kind of heroes. Um, so just, I'm going to go down real fast. It's like uh, 10 of them, but these were his, this was his strict moral code, and this is what I liked about the character. To have a friend, a man must be one. All men are created equal, and everyone has within himself the power to make this a better world. God put the firewood here, but every man must gather and light it himself. Be prepared physically, mentally, and morally to fight when necessary for what is right. A man should make the most of what equipment he has. This government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall live always. Sooner or later, somewhere, somehow, we must settle with the world and make payment for what we have taken. All things change but truth, and that truth alone lives on forever. Believe in your creators, your country, and your fellow man. Tell me that's not <laughs> 10 things to live for in a hero. You're Damn, down. I just like Captain Kirk because he got with the green shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. But, that, but that is what I love wow. about it. That, was that, a, yeah. that kind of gave you, like, did, I, I won't say did it give you a moral code, but was it something that you said, okay, well, I liked it. I wanted, I wanted to be able to live up to these kind of ideals. Yeah. I mean, you know, and again, what did we say, you know, the, the prior week? I mean, you know, that's what I like about Captain Marvel, Shazam. You know, it's the same kind of thing. And most of the heroes have that, have most of these basic moral codes. I mean, nowadays, probably not so much, but at least the heroes from the creations and at least the ones from the 60s and 70s, they did. And that's what I like about the superheroes. You know, it's, it's that great black and white world. Wow. And, and so let me ask you a question. Um, when the Shades of Grey started coming, you said the black and white world. But when Shades of Grey started coming in, like in the in the eighties, not the not the book, Ralph, relax. <laughs> 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 Fucking Ralph. I was like Shades of Grey, giggity. <laughs> no, giggity, giggity. <laughs> no, no, no. But when 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 comic books started, you know, yeah. being a little bit more like you know in between, like right. you know, he's like, a, he's mid eighties. Right, mid eighties. You know, when instead of hero. going dark, exactly. Right. Well, basically, the the Dark Knight really kind of pulled that all in. Dark Knight Returns. Between the Dark Knight Returns and then later on, the Watchmen and Spider Man. And Spider Man, he's finally because because when they finally said, okay, we're gonna give him a black costume, we're gonna make him darker, you know. Right. So, how did you feel about that? Growing up with this whole moral code, and that's the way you felt, you know, that you know, comics was for you, and then to go darker was that okay for you? Well, I took it for what it was. I mean, that, the nice part about that point is, by time we're talking the mid to late '80s, I was already now into my late teens. Okay. You know, so for me, I'm growing up, you know, I'm already getting into that angst stage. I'm already into the, you know, oh, the world isn't as black and white as, you know, as, as everybody wants us to be. And look at this, you know, you're looking for the shades of gray. So then it was interesting. But I think also I never thought that the, the stories then seem more situational, not that this was going to be a complete turn of the key. It just felt like, okay, like, well, Dark Knight Returns. I mean, even back then we all knew what it was. It was not canon. It was just a story written by a man. It wasn't anything that we ever expected would turn into what Batman would become. Um, you know, Spider-Man, the dark costume, it did come and go. You know, I mean, just so that you just saw them as what they were, like, wow, these heroes are being tested. Their black and white worlds are now being put into shades of gray. But look, they overcome them, and here we go. Yeah. Um, you know, The Watchmen, of course, again, was its own standalone story. I got, I think a little bit more depressed, not like right away, I would say like more as the 2000s came in, um, because I gave up uh, reading comics for a good decade from about about 93 up until 2002-ish, 
itself. Um, and to see that it, that the the grays had only gotten more prevalent and, and a lot deeper, that's kind of depressed me. I mean, it's I think now we've kind of fooled ourselves that we need these shades of gray to tell a good superhero story. And I'm not saying go back to the simplicity of black and white either, but you know, I shouldn't have to question whether my hero is actually a hero. I mean, you know, I mean, we all know about anti-heroes and whatnot. I mean, that's great for other genres, but my superhero, my actual superhero stories should not be anti-heroes. My superheroes should be heroes. They should be doing what's right, not doing mostly what's right or it kind of is convenient for them or they're doing what's right, but it turns out they're also, you know, they stop the drug shipment only because they also have a hand in the drug shipment. And, you know, it's just, it's just too confusing. You know, I, I kind of miss a lot of simplicity, which is, um, I'll still read, uh, um, before the New 52 came over, I would still read, uh, what's the, um, Jonah Hex. Yeah. The, the, a lot of the Western tales, when I've written well, they're still very black and white. There still may be some shady stuff going on in them, but the, like Jonah Hex, he's just like, you know, all right, I'm here to collect a bounty. You've done wrong. I'm here for you. And if, his, if there's some other side story going on, let's say, for instance, he's here for a killer, he might get that guy, but then it turns out that uh, someone's been killing patrons of a local bar. Well, it turns out that it was this woman, and she was badly raped by these men years prior, so she's getting her revenge. Well, he'll go, okay, well, murder's not wrong. I mean, not right, but he's the first person to murder someone, so he's not moralistic about it. But he'll go, you've killed those men that did you wrong, so I'm letting you go on this. I'm not going to take you in or put you down or anything like that, because now those five men that raped you, you've killed them. But if you kill another man, you know, because you're in the blah, blah, blah kind of a business that you're in, then I'm going to have to take you down. And then, of course, it turns out you'll, she'll, she'll kill a man, you know, because she needed the money that, that he was paying her anyhow. Then Jonah Hex will come in and be like, well, I gave you a warning. Right. You know? So it's like, as much as this could still be gray, it still was kind of still black and white. And I like that. I just like my heroes being heroes, my villains being villains, and that's what you get. All right. Know? All right. Um, what you got there, Kat? Um, as for me... It, I mean, because when I put the subject out there, I thought I knew where it was, and then I had to think further back and further back and further back. And, I, and is even it Fred Flintstone, his original incarnation, <laughs> once again, your neighbor, not, not the reboot, not the reboot. <laughs> no, he was your neighbor because you're older than me. <laughs> um, I'll say even. I mean, it's funny because I think about all the things that involved geek themes or things that were like superhero-ish and I think about you know like even the thing the story I told last week about Troy and I doing the whole the whole pseudo Batman and Robin thing right. talk about that and even before that I um, I always loved drawings from from three years old I, I, I've been drawing and eat, whether it was like scribble scrabble or actually coherent you know objects I always liked drawing and the first cartoon probably that I loved watching was the Fantastic Four this 1967 version Okay. It, okay. It, it would come on Channel 5, and they had to show, it was like a show that showed a whole bunch of different cartoons, and then it would show the Fantastic Four once a week. And if I missed the once a week, I'd be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh my God, I missed it. Fuck. And meanwhile, Why won't someone invent a DVR? <laughs> see, see I, I'm glad I was born in the era I was born, because in all those shows, they would just show them one after another the next day. Yeah. <laughs> that's because the era you grew up in was morally bankrupt and had nothing good to do but repeat things that were done before it. Hey. Good TV. Uh, but, uh, but, that's, what was original from the 90s? Nothing. 
Dark Angel. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but I mean, the Fantastic Four. The reason why I say why I say that because I mean I I loved Super Friends and I watched Spider Man, His Amazing Friends, and I watched all the different versions of Batman and Robin, the the, the cartoon versions. But I remember Fantastic Four being so like the hook for me because I watched the cartoon, I loved the cartoon, and then my father had a and I. God rest his soul. He collected comic books, but my grandmother, not knowing what they were, threw them out. And my father was born in the 30s, so he had Supermans and and, and Spider-Mans. He had all that stuff, and and Grandma had thrown them out. So um, he had this one Jack Kirby Fantastic Four that was stuck in his crates of records. Because my father used to own a record shop at one point. So in between one of the records was a comic book. And my father said, oh, you can have it. And I looked at it, and it was like a jet. But I didn't know it was Jack Kirby back then. It was just Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer fighting. I forgot who they were fighting. And it was just a great, like a splash page scene. I was just all into it. And I I just started reading comics from then. And fast forward years later, I bought my first comic book. And the comic book was was a what-if comic book. Oh, wow. Which one? What if the Invisible Woman had died? And it was basically Annihilus kills the Invisible Woman in battle, and it shows what happens to, to the rest of the Fantastic Four. And I How long did it take them to realize she wasn't just playing Invisible and they couldn't? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Sue's right over there. <laughs> She's just not talking to me. She's mad at me. <laughs> you still mad? <laughs> well, it, it, it was something for me because I think I was I, I was ten when that when that book came out, wow. and when I when I bought it and I read it, I didn't understand the concept. That what if? Right. <laughs> I thought what if meant okay. What if okay? We're gonna show you what what's gonna happen. This is right. what's gonna happen in canon. Okay. It's continuity. So I'm like, she's dead. My mother's like, no, no, no. And my mother's not a comic book reader at all. She's like, no. It says what if. I'm like, no, but it happened. Read. <laughs> and I remember being just so distraught about the Invisible Girl that I was looking for the next issue, not realizing that what if was just a standalone one-issue comic book, and it kept moving. That's so when so I picked up the next Fantastic Four, I'm like, but she's alive! And of course, I pick up a version of John Byrne's Fantastic Four, where Sue Richards is going crazy by um, Psycho Man. Right. Oh, <laughs> and she, I'm like, what Such the fuck? She dies girl. in one issue? She's fucking bugging out? She's got mm-hmm. short hair? She's got a mullet? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I got to read the next issue, and that kind of kind of hooked me in. I mean, I love Spider-Man. I love all those other things. Right. But, you know, I mean... From that moment on, I was like, yeah, I, I love drawing them. I love putting that on paper. And I love, you know, what they, what, I don't know, just, you know, the, the creativity of it all. The only thing I didn't like is that there was no, not a lot of Latin and black um, characters. Unlike now where there's tons. What, El Dorado wasn't good enough for you? El Dorado <laughs> walked around with a bare chest. <laughs> it, it was like, no. He was proud of his his nice Latin skin. That's right. <laughs> White Tiger was representing back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that was a Spider-Man villain. I actually own those. <laughs> well, it's, can I think about it, and I remember as a kid, like I, I remember one point, because I loved the Fantastic Four so much, my favorite character was Johnny Storm. I mean, even though I was always the geek, and I should have been Reed Richards. I wanted to be Johnny Storm. Is it because he's good looking and has absolutely? Hair? It was. He was the hot shot. He was a smart ass. He had a smart comment for everything. He he, he you know he manipulated he had fire. Cool power, yeah. he, you know, so all that was cool. So when I would get together with with my friends at like eight years old, ten years old, like yeah, you know, we're gonna play Fantastic Four, and they're like, yeah, Ryan, you're Herbie the Robot. <laughs> 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 I'm like Herbie the robot, but he's only in the cartoon. And they're like, yeah, but you know, we're doing the cartoon version, and, and you know, and he'll play Johnny Storm. And of course, it was the kid with the blonde hair. I'm like, oh, damn, did I don't ever get to be Johnny did Storm. Did this actually happen to you? Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, now, the, oh wait, my god! Once that's you hear this, this explains wait, wait, a lot. No, wait a minute, guys. <laughs> it does explain Hearing quite this a bit. story right now and looking at the cat right now with those headphones on, do you not see Herbie? 
<laughs> Holy shit, he looks just like Herbie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just like, holy Jesus. I, and, and, and from that day on, wait, I would wait, always... Wait, wait. Turn your head to the side. Yep. yep. He does. He looks like he's just, but by the way, do you know why Herbie replaced Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Because World? they didn't own the rights to the original um, Johnny Storm. Uh, no. It's because um, during that same time around, the, uh, from the prior cartoon or something along that, or... Yeah, I think from the prior cartoon, there had been a kid that uh, set himself on fire. Oh, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretending that he was the Human Torch, and so they got really scared. Flame so on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was about to say, um, when you were talking about the comics, it reminded me of, uh, like I said before, my mom would buy me the ripped off comics. And when I was five, same time around the, the Lone Ranger stuff, a comic book she had given me, I remember reading it, and it was these, it was these uh, four characters, or I'm sorry, was it four? No, five characters. And, you know, this one woman, like, whenever she went to move things with her mind, saw these dotted lines, and um, they had these, like, cool kind of, like, you know, blue and gold costumes on, and this one guy looked like a giant snowman. So I'm reading this comic, and they're, they're fighting this character that kind of looked a little bit like all of them. Like, you know, he had, like, this red visor on, and he had wings and big feet and big hands, and, but he could move things in his mind. And I remember that comic, you know, having read it several times until finally, you know, it fell apart. Like I said, I mean, I read at comics. I mean, I still liked them and it was nerdy enough to be able to read them, but I didn't get into the collecting side until I was 12. And it was my friend Joseph that had already started buying comics. At the, at, it wasn't even local for us. We had to actually travel a few stops on the train to get to this comic stop, um, store. Um, so I'm in there with him. had no intention of buying any comic stuff like that. He's getting whatever was current at that moment. And... Um, I'm just flipping around boxes, and uh, I just look at something, and I'm like, X-Men. I'm like, I don't know what this is. So I'm flipping through it, and there it is, and I believe it's like X-Men number, I can't even remember now. I guess it's like 40-something. I don't remember which one it is. I'm looking at the cover, and I'm like, that character, and it's the mimic. I figured And, it, and I'm like, oh. he looks really familiar. So I'm like, I said to the guy, do you mind if I open this up? And he was like, oh, just don't ruin it. So you can watch me open it, take the, out the bag, and I'm flipping through it. And it was just this wave went over me. I felt like I was five again, and that was that comic. Wow. And it was just, you know, and I mean, that comic, I think at that point, as old as it was, it was probably like $15, something like that. I mean, I couldn't afford to buy that. But then just seeing that, and then he was just like, well, you know, the X-Men are over here now. That You know, now by this point, it's the brand new X-Men. It's up to like number, I think I started on 144, and I just started buying it since then. It was oh, like, wow. It just right then and there, I bought that issue and then other <laughs> stuff. And I learned about the Phoenix. I'm like, wait, what happened to Jean Grey? You know, what happened to Marvel Girl? You know. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was just one thing after the next. It was just really cool. <laughs> one thing I'll say is that I know that in the Bronx, where I grew up, um, things weren't that easily available. So, like, there was, like, corner stores that would have, like, a, a turnstile of comic right. books. But you were lucky to get the same comic book. Week there every week, yeah. month after month. So if you if you collect Spider Man, you were lucky if you got it once. If you got it again, you know you were asked. You know you were we were really lucky because you were left with like Conan, or you were left with something else that you didn't read. Right. And people like Conan, but you know they had like like the the Transformer reads like the the GoBots comic book, and you're like what the GoBots? <laughs> <laughs> because everybody else took all the good shit. So you know. <laughs> I you refuse remember, to believe that Jim is really, really, really outrageous. Truly <laughs> Enough for outrageous. Me to read this. <laughs> Do you remember Jimmy's on Castle Hill? Of course I remember Jimmy's on Castle Hill. There was a comic book store, Jimmy's, that was on Castle Hill uh-huh. Avenue here in the Bronx that had the distinction of, like, everybody, like, tried to steal from Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point... And Jimmy was a little Asian man. A little Asian guy. And welcome, mind you, the store... Welcome to Jimmy's. Try and steal from us. The store was like, oh, Jesus. Not even as big as my room. fit in, in the... 
in this area where we like of the room. Right. Like it's about this big, which okay. is, you know, which like, for a podcast is very for, hard to like very small. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, how did you think you as a kid? Even as a kid, I thought to myself, how, how would you even try to steal from a guy? He's the only guy in the room. He can see everything in here. Like he's standing in the back, and there's not that much in the front. So. What he's are you like, trying? It's so, so small. He's like Mr. Fantastic. So he, he would reach catch, everywhere. So he would catch kids. You know. So he would catch kids, and he was hover, when you went in, you, he was hovering over you. Like right. I, I hated to go buy comic books there, because he was. What do you want? What do you want? What you looking for? What you looking for? Have you ever been by? And so you know, I would go <laughs> there sometimes, but I would always get turned off by him. But one day I walk in there and talking uh, about this. That oh, I love he this. had like a he had like a he had like a store. He had like a page. And he had, he's like, kids you cannot trust. And he had names of kids that <laughs> tried to steal from the comic book. And when I looked on it, I saw people I knew. And I was like, <laughs> it was like the worst. He was like, I think, I think John I Smith, <laughs> Jerry Boyd. And I was like, oh, wow, JB is in here? <laughs> Went to school. And, and mind you, I'm in high school at this point. So I'm like, you got caught stealing comic books in high school? Yeah, that's pretty damn bad. That's pretty damn bad. <laughs> You should have asked them though. Like, if I turn these people in, do I get free comics? <laughs> no, you, you buy. Know, I went to school and was like, I saw you on on the Jimmy's list. <laughs> How did you get caught in that little ass store? Are, are they still on Jimmy's list? <laughs> no, that store doesn't exist anymore. Thank God. See, see. He, he he had no profit. Clearly, he he they didn't know the first rule of the five finger discount. You need a good distraction. Yeah, you would have need to have put in some sort of like a Mission Impossible like like plan was necessary. Light effects, to lift and smoke a grenades from and that place. Yeah. Like, seriously, yeah. you would have really you really you you had to tie up Jimmy and Bonfold <laughs> in order to get books from that little ass store. All you needed was a hot mom, just have her walk in, shows her little cleavage, and then you just grab a few. Books but I think, but then she would have taken up all the room that you would have needed. <laughs> Dude, you couldn't have more than four or five people in the store. It was Jimmy and maybe four kids. <laughs> All right, there you have it. The reason why we fell in love with being geeks, I guess. Sounds good enough. Yeah. Geeks on the go. All right. End of the show. You know what we do. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. So we only got four questions, but let me get my timer out. All right, Mike. My my story point like your timer. I'm like I know I know. Yeah, he doesn't know anything. I told you he's sober this time around. He has no idea what's going remember, on. Remember what I showed you? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. You lock it and do it this way. So we can do it. Um, Ralph showed me how to how to use a timer now. Um, wow, they've only been around since what? Shut the, the 18 or 1700s. Up, which one? non Mac <laughs> using fuck. I have a Mac at home. I just have a good phone known as the Galaxy S3. That which is bigger, really than, well. which is bigger than your freaking notepad. Yeah, <laughs> you might put that in your back pocket. Yeah, wait is that a cardboard till, box in your back pocket. Wait until Apple comes out with Apple Six. I guarantee you, it'll be a somehow larger screen. It won't be as large as, as um, no. Samsung, and though. And then you actually, still won't be able to enjoy the visions that we can see. Actually, I'm on the front lines of Apple, and they're developing the iPhone 6. It's not going to have any screen whatsoever. It's going to be a chip you implant in yourself, and you can see it, everything. It's going to be awesome. That'll be great, because that means in a year, you'll be considered not, uh, defunct and obsolete by Apple. <laughs> They'll just start murdering people. You're obsolete. <laughs> we're, not, we're not supporting you as an upgrade. And that sounds like a sci-fi film right there. <laughs> All right, we're ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Ready, set, and go. Who is the best female character outside of Wonder Woman and Storm? Ralph. Uh, Jean Grey. Ew. <laughs> Troy. Black Canary. Okay. 
Mike. I say Ms. Marvel, who is now Captain Marvel, but I want to know who's the best woman inside of Wonder Woman and so on. Whoa. <laughs> I'm moving to the next one. <laughs> what should be Venom's fate in the D- in the Marvel Universe? Troy. Death. <laughs> Mike. Uh, Black Bolt screams his ass away. <laughs> Ralph. He's in a symbiote form, and someone accidentally flushes him down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What ruined the Star Wars franchise? Ralph. Uh, Disney buying it. Wow. <laughs> Mike? Uh, George Lucas. <laughs> Troy? I agree, George Lucas, definitely. Okay, last one. Choose one thing that could have fixed the movie The Man of Steel. Mike? A new script where Superman cares about saving the people of Metropolis. Time is up. Um, Ralph? Uh, less hobo scenes. <laughs> and Troy? I liked it. It didn't need fixing. <laughs> <laughs> I stand behind that. We almost made under a minute. Holy it's because we only had four questions this time. <laughs> hey, I, I was I was feeling mer- mer- merciful for the people who were listening. They're like, oh my God, they never get it close to one minute. Oh, all right. <laughs> so if it's like that, just ask one question and there you go. Under a minute. <laughs> oh, but that's no fun. <laughs> I'm telling you, um, I forgot. So, somebody had left me. Oh, I remember um, my girlfriend had told me. Um, it wasn't. She was responding to one of our questions. And I think it was talking about who would make the best Robin if... Um, Ben Affleck was Batman. Oh, no, we were talking about Batman right. before Ben Affleck was announced. Oh, okay. And we talked about Robin. And I think she had turned around and said, did she say Kevin Hart? I could have sworn she said something real, real funny. I was Kevin like, Kevin Hart? Hart? <laughs> it was something hilarious. I was like, what the hell? We're having a midget Batman now? <laughs> hey, yo! We- yo! Bad guys! <laughs> yo, yo! Right over here! <laughs> Who's going to be Robin? Martin Lawrence? <laughs> say it with your chest. <laughs> say it with your chest. <laughs> No, no, I think she's saying. I'm sorry. She said that. I'm saying she was saying that uh, that he was gonna be Robin. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. (laughs) If that's the case, then I want George Clooney back as Batman because I want to see them play. I want to see them play play off each other right there. (laughs) Uh, So there you have it. (laughs) That's the end of the show for today. So for Mike the Finance Guy, Ralph the Tech, and Troy, this is a cap saying keep it geeky. And I don't have anything clever to say at the end, so we'll just wait for next week.